This week in league, Benji looks to keep his promise of never playing for another NRL standard club by playing for the Sharks. South Sydney move ever closer to that elusive premiership by signing Glenn Stewart to regale them with tales of grand final glory. Justin Hodges signs a revolutionary new two-year or ten-game contract, whichever comes first. And we preview all of the action for round eight of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 151 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, hitting the mailbag for this week, and uh, it's not as large as as, uh, as some weeks because there's a fuckload of news this week, obviously, but uh, we kick it off with uh, <clears throat> old mate Trotter's Devonhead. So you might head to the Goldman Workers Bulldogs. First game for Barney Watch on Thursday night. Jesus, hasn't he had a fall from grace? Or has he? This could be the scene of his resurrection and Trotters will be done ground zero to see it happen. <clears throat> Shame Trotters won't have a fucking clue what he's looking at. Wouldn't well, understand in game of rugby league if he, if he fell over yeah, it. That's true. You got a point there. I didn't think about that. He's like, oh, this boy, this, this fucking shaved head, fucking yeah. <laughs> TI guy fucking killed it. Scored fucking all his tries and shit. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that supports a club containing Ben Cray. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if anyone a... that knows anything about football wants to go down to Golden walk, Workers and, and give us a real Barney watch. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it'd be uh, yeah, interesting for interesting for Trotter to see a, a player actually run forward, like straight, and instead of backpedalling the whole time. A winger, no less. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Uh, the Ben Zed. He's fucking put the target on you this week. <laughs> yeah, he's trying hard. Apparently, I... I, I Gave him a bit of stick <coughs> last week, and he excuse me, yeah, he wants he wants some more. He does, he so does. Fucking um, bring it on. He he, he always uh, on uh, Tuesday or Wednesdays around lunchtime. Obviously, when he gets off, you know, when they let him have his break or whatever, or they give him his time, um, you know, he's he's unsupervised internet time in the prison or you know whatever it is that he does. Same time every week though, just ten tweets in a row come out of him. He just like he gives his like his, his tweet for every game. And you know, we use some of them, some some we don't. I can't use all of them because I mean, some of them are disgraceful. But really, like getting into a Twitter war with at the Ben Z, it's like having sex with your dead nana. I mean, oh, interesting to see how you tie this one off. How, <laughs> yeah, how how is it like having sex with your dead nana, Glenn? Tell me. Well, I mean, sure, it's mildly satisfying, but really, <laughs> it's. <laughs> I just think that. <laughs> you don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you do walk away feeling just a little bit. Dirty, just a little bit. Just that 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 whole fucking analogy is just disgusting. I don't think it is. I don't think it's you know what else like... is disgusting. The Ben Z. Yeah, hence he said, the analogy. <clears throat> and his tweet he said, uh, "Don't worry, Glenn. I won't begrudge your joy at a Tigers win. What will um bloody uh Nate have to say on Manly's robbery?" <laughs> I look. I look, look forward to uh, at the Ben Z. People that want to go hard on this fuckhead. <laughs> Um, I'll look forward to his podcast or actually just having a conversation with him someday when he buys me copious amounts of bourbon he can have, he to can apologise have, for being a cocksucker. He could have a podcast with his missus, actually, because she's a fucking gronk, too. You've seen her no. shooting in? I find it hard to believe that he's found a woman that oh, she's sent it, will you know, call she, herself his other half. Yeah, she, she's, uh, you know, she goes pretty hard, too. Really? Yeah. Hey, what's, what's her... I him. don't know off the top of my head. I'll look it up. I'll, while, while the clock's ticking away, I'll look it up. Because At the Ben Zed's bitch. 
She should change her name to that. She should, but she doesn't at the moment. Um, and I'll have to actually figure out what it is. Where is this Ben Z fool? Here we go. Ben Z, the Ben Z. Twenty-four thousand tweets of shit. Okay, so he actually like retweeted, like old school retweeted one of his. Here we go. J Mary ninety-one. Jess is her name. She looks like a lovely girl, but she tweets like a female Ben Z. So how sad. Yeah. Now. Which would indicate she's not a lovely girl. Unky D doesn't quite understand the, the, the mechanics of how you how you leave an iTunes review for the show, so he tweeted one that said, My review, two deluded abusive Muppets with a sprinkle of footy talk and loads of listener abuse, hash five stars. And then a picture of uh, Stalin and Waldorf from the Muppet Show. That is us. Yes. At Berkeley underscore Eagle. Congrats on the 150th ep this week in league. Look forward to 2041 for your 1000th ep where Glenn is gumming chalk cake off Nate. People love the cake talk. Oh no, it's 2041 if he's actually going, okay, this is yeah, fifth year and they, do, nah. they average this many episodes no in years, I'll extrapolate to... much thought into it, surely. <clears throat> yeah, because I don't think we would actually take that long to get to uh, a thousand. Maybe we'd, I'm, you know, <laughs> we're never going to hit a thousand, surely. One of us will be dead by then. Yeah. Uh, we just too, Probably you. Uh, too much investment in, in rugby league with you. I mean, your heart rate and shit, he's going to fucking drop one day. I, um, I've got to tell you, on Monday, I know we'll get to the game. Yeah. But that last sort of ten minutes or so, that was that was up there. Last season, there wasn't a great deal of games like that. You maybe you weren't you're up against Parramatta though, surely. But still, and informed Parramatta, who's you know. What's informed this year when a competition where the Titans (laughs) can lead the competition after six rounds (laughs) and then drop back to fourth after seven? Yeah, I um. I could feel that familiar. Well, became familiar again. Yeah. Um that pulsing in my neck. You yep. know, you feel just... Anyway, and we got a little bit lightheaded there at one stage. Jackson was complaining I was making too much noise. Can you <laughs> fucking believe that? A world where Jackson Blakely... Where that child is, is not... The, is it, complaining it, about someone else making too much noise. Mate, he needs, he needs a clip around the ears for that sort of talk. Fuck out, kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mitchell 180, one of the famous Mitches. Congratulations on the 150 gentlemen. Here's to 150 more and to many more. Hash Robert's haikus, which we will revisit later on the show. <laughs> Beerboy182. Don't change the Twitter comments in the podcast. The reviewer was a pelican. They're some of the funniest bits of the program. Thank you, sir. Well, I mean, that's. Don't hate on the other <coughs> listeners. That's and, my job. And as, a, and as a, uh, a demonstration or an illustration, a graphic illustration of the tweets that come in, the feedback that we should keep on reading, at Jim Man Bear Pig. It's this week in cake and schnitzel. Can't catch me, gay thoughts. Got to find and fuck my wife. Hash hetero hiku. Hash confused. Hash cum jam. Who was that? That James Whetstone guy. The <laughs> gym man bear pig is the, is the, is the Twitter handle. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's fucking sensational though. I was like, can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, you're hiding it well, gym man bear pig. And, uh, Sex, dog, cat, <laughs> blanket. Uh, the Ben Z again, he actually was, you know, it, it was a nice tweet. He said, congrats on 150 eps, you ball bags. Please continue to sully the airwaves with your overt vulgarity and outrageous bias. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> put it like that. If you, okay, then. If you insist. CK Jonesy. The NRL member ad has tons of fans for each team. Then it shows one Titans fan by themselves. <laughs> Hash accurate crowd figure. <laughs> That's capacity. <laughs> Big Dan, 1985. If this it wasn't, fuckhead. Hey, 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 hey. You've gone off too soon. 
Listen to the tweet first. Fucking, your, your abuse is just too... You just you go off too early. Look, I know, I've sounded like Sorry, your wife says. <laughs> If it wasn't for this week in league, I would have gone mad in hospital. Hash seriously, hash lifesavers. That's right, Phil. Well, I feel a little bit bad that he was in hospital. But was he having a frontal lobotomy? And you probably put him there with your abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Troy underscore 79. Just counted the number of times Glenn said, um, during the Tigers-Cowboys recap. 42 times. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know if that's this is. I just love all these people that are just uh, yeah. critiquing. They've, all of a sudden, they become The number one rugby experts. league podcast on... Wow. <coughs> Have a listen to yourselves. They've obviously moved off right I look forward to... I'm, I'm writing a list, a hit list. And I plan on catching up with each and every one of these fuckheads. So when we have a conversation <coughs> and they say something stupid or something wrong... Yep. I'll hammer them for it. Yep. After they buy me bourbon. All right. And finally, uh, Annie O'Brien. Not a tweet she oh, sent to... Can we skip this one? Not a tweet she sent to us per se, but after the Cowboys game, she uh, she wrote a, a post on her blog, um, an open letter to, to David Smith and the NRL about fans disengaging with the sport. Did you read it? Of course I did. I thought it was quite good. I thought it was very, very well written. I so, love all of Annie's work. So I would, uh, I would urge people to, uh, rather than just a massive, long link, because she doesn't have a proper domain name for her blog, you know, that would make it easy. But... If you go back to uh, Friday night, late Friday night, uh, check her timeline, Annie O'Brien. I know your sex pests already do. And uh, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, though. It was like... Any time, the slightest bit of stick goes her way. You wouldn't believe the fucking... The white knights. The, oh, the white knights. Out. Oh, the, the, the white knights come galloping on their oh, fucking... Oh, don't. Nate and Glenn are attacking their, an attractive blonde female. Oh, my goodness. On their internet steeds. Oh, my you know? God. I must jump to save her. Meanwhile, Annie would fucking scratch each and every one of your eyes out and rip your jugulars out with her bare hands. She don't need no fucking protecting. Exactly. Perfectly said. And um, although she didn't, she didn't like last week, she fucking had a go. At us. She did. She actually got and very quite fiery. frankly, I just I admire her embrace of technology, that she was able to listen to the podcast <laughs> from the kitchen. <laughs> oh, fuck. Do you, they, and do game you, on, bitch. <laughs> I love you, Annie. Do you... <laughs> You know what you've just done. <laughs> Jesus Christ, all right. <laughs> Facebook. In. She'll see the funny side, surely. <laughs> I've oh, just given her a rap. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. Ian Saguna on Facebook said, uh, Hey, fellas, I came across a page the other day that you guys might like. It's Homer Simpson NRL, a page where footballers' heads are replaced with Homer. And then he sent some pics to laugh about. Did you see these pics? No. Get on the get on our page while I talk about it. It's, um, the, the, the link is uh, facebook.com forward slash NRL Simpson. And it's basically just situations in the NRL with one of the players' heads or whatever replaced with like Homer's head, and it's, and it's actually it's actually quite funny. So I, I thought I'd give uh, give that page a shout out, and of course Ian Saguna for actually um, for mentioning it as well. Saguna, calm down, will ya? Jeez. All right. So it's got a it's got a name that makes me want to break into song. Don't hate on me. All right, all right, and of course, uh, thank you. We got another another membership through. The membership's still coming through, uh, which is great. And uh, so, yeah, I guess there's you know mid twenties left available. So get on there if you want one. Uh, I've had some people sort of saying, you know, oh, I'm thinking to get one. Well, you know, don't think too long because then it'll be too late, and then you'll be one of those sad fuckers that missed out. Yeah. So uh, stop thinking about it and start doing. Exactly. All the goodness is on the way though. Um, 
I was actually chatting to uh, the t-shirt guy today and uh, he sent me like a proof of the, you know, or actually like a photograph of him holding up one off the line. So, you know, cool. just make sure it's cool. And it's all cool. looks very good. And so, uh, yeah, not too long now. News and first story. Oh, Brett Stewart. An ill-fated breakfast run has landed Manly star Brett Stewart a court date, but he's unlikely to miss any football, and in fact he has been named this week, uh, after being charged with drink driving. Uh, he was pulled over on Pitwater Road around 10am while driving through Warriwood to refuel after enjoying drinks with friends the previous night. He failed the roadside test and was taken to Motorvale Police Station where he recorded a 0.079 reading. It was charged with low-range DUI and will appear before Manly Local Court on May 7. So the way that the story goes, he was drinking at the Stein on uh, the Corso the previous night. Um, about one o'clock, I think he, uh, they said he got a cab home, uh, went to bed, woke up, then went to get some breakfast and got pulled over, blew low range. Uh, for his, you know, he sort of got on the, on the front foot straight away and said, um, uh, I'm really disappointed this has happened. I had no idea I was over the limit. There's no way I would have got behind the wheel if I thought there was a problem. Uh, Manly officials immediately informed the NRL Integrity Unit um, and basically, there was a, a precedent for this with Willie Mason uh, doing the same thing uh, on January 27. And so he uh, he lost his license for six months and was fined $900, but didn't miss any games, uh, which means that, um, yeah, obviously, Brett Stewart was named on Tuesday and uh, will play. It's it's a tough one. The next day... Yeah. You know... After having, you know, you know a fairly decent night's sleep too it's not like you know you pull the pin at sort of 5 in the morning and then you drive home at 5.45 yeah yeah exactly it's not like you pull the pin at 5 get a cab home 4 hours sleep get in the car again I mean this is like 1 o'clock I mean it's not a, it's not an early night but it's not a late night and if mm. he was on the road again at 10 then you'd conceivably think that he may have got even close to 8 hours sleep so you know it's a tough one it is but rules is rules at That's the end it. of the day and um, you, I can't say that if every time I've been out on a drink... I was just going to say, that's what it made me think of. I've got up and thought, yeah, I'm perfect. I've had, you know, a good block of sleep, eight, nine hours sleep. I've had a feed. Yeah, had a bit I've, of water before I went to bed. I've had of water. Kebab. <laughs> Fuck, this, well, this, this is, it's made me think of it, because I mean, I know Harry's for a fact... Harry's Cafe to Wheels. <clears throat> I know for a fact that there is only one time ever after a night out when I've, and I've got up the next morning and there's only one time where I've been like... No, nah, I'm not driving, and that was that was the morning after my bucks. But also, I pulled the pin at like six thirty that morning, and I had to you know get up to play golf at nine. And I remember, <laughs> I, and I got up, and I was just like, I couldn't even stand up straight. I was still so fucking spastic, drunk, and so I had to call my brother, he fucking, because he was coming anyway. I was like, yeah, you have to swing by and get me, man. Cause like, uh, fucking nowhere near driving. But other than that, that makes me think like, you surprised go, well, Dylan wasn't drunk <clears throat> too. Would have been on the fucking. He, yeah, he, all night. he pulled the he pulled the pin a little bit. Uh, he pulled the pin earlier. Oh, on the, what a surprise! He probably pulled the pin out like a, He probably pulled the pin out eleven. And that was before all the. Are you fucking, sure he's not your sister? Oh, yeah, he could be, couldn't he? But I mean, it's like yeah, it's, you know, like when it's, it's the strippers and everything, and it's fucking you know shit's getting live. Why would <laughs> why are you bail on that? Well, this is you have to, this is a question you have to ask your brother. And while you're at it, I've got a lot of other questions for your brother too. I'd like to sit him down. Let's have an intervention. <laughs> I saw my little, my, my mate, little man, 
he got married uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, and he, <laughs> not his real name, not his little, not his real name. I call him Little Man. Well, that's what that's what we call him anyway. Everyone, every, anyone who knows me knows who he is because they're probably mates with him too. But um, is he a dwarf? <clears throat> no, he's just he's just a little guy. But um, when, I, I hired him for his for for a job working with us back in the day, and um, and he walked in, he had long straight hair like uh, like Axel Rose. He looked like the fucking drummer from Hanson. So his nickname was Umbop for a long time. But anyway, <clears throat> that's way better. Than but but the little man anyway, he's he's getting married not two weeks before his wedding, so like probably late February it was. Had his bucks and it was like starting at like um the regatta at two o'clock in the afternoon and I and I someone dropped me off and I'm like look I'm not feeling it like like a big night I'll just I'll, I'll just have some you know I'll just have a couple of drinks and I'll probably pull the pin around seven or eight anyway get some fucking CC dries in me <laughs> and then then the Indian comes out <laughs> anyway I'm the last guy to fucking leave I left two hours after the fucking groom left. <laughs> And, and I like I walked out of there, and the only reason I left was like, oh fuck, I need to be home before the kids wake up. So I got home about five thirty and crashed in the bed. Jesus Christ, that's ugly. Yeah, uh, didn't have a feed either. I had lunch before I went. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, fucking good time though. Oh, it's so good. I can't I can't breathe the word of any of it. <laughs> oh, actually, I can show you pictures on my phone. If you want to see a little man looks like with him with his uh, with the strip of tits wrapped around his head, if you'd like to see that, I've got that. <laughs> I'll show you that later. Okay. On yeah, I'll show, show me that later. I'll show you that later on the show. Um, I'll put it on the on the Facebook page. There. Does he have a really small head, or does she have really? How does that work? Mate, I wasn't. I was. I wasn't a massive fan of the of the of the work of the girl. Yeah. Um. Fucking, there was one. So I've, I've, I don't know. You're talking about there now. Was one, the Boonies strippers. There was one. Well, this is this actually. No, what happened was we went to the regatta, and then we went to the then one of the the groomsmen had organised an apartment just around the corner from the Story Bridge Hotel. Oh. So then was I like, was lying. It was, no, yeah. you don't have to explain that. Yeah, it was like, yeah, stop off at the bottle shop, and then you know this chick was going around to serve drinks for the for the duration, <laughs> making like these fucking seventy percent cc, thirty oh. percent dry jeans. I'm like, jeez, it's like you're a stripper, love, because you're a fucking horrible bar, <laughs> or possibly the greatest bar person in history. Yeah, I just I, if I wanted to drink straight fucking booze, I'd drink straight booze. <laughs> Anywho, so yeah. It makes me wonder, this whole snake situation, it makes me wonder how many times the times that I have just, you know, just the normal shit, you know, you go out on one night and you get up the next morning and, you know, you pile the kids in the car and, you know, you go down the beach or you go down the fucking shop to do the grocery shopping. It makes me wonder how many times I've done that and, like, you feel 100% straight, but I wonder how many times I've done that and if, if you know, you had a, you know, had to blow a test. I think how, it's a little bit unprofessional too, like... We're early on in the season. Like, how do these guys, these professional athletes, like, you know, when you're at your fittest and your strongest, yeah. alcohol fucking knocks you around. It does me. I know that. Yeah, but if you're drinking alcohol, it's not when your fittest and your strongest. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. <laughs> but. Maybe diabetes gives you, like, you know, amazing, like, alcohol metabolism, you know, metabolizing power. Yeah, or how like. does that. I don't even know. I don't work? even want to bring. I don't even want to bring that in. Drinking at this stage of the season, and you know, mainly, I've only just you know, righted the ship after being absolutely bashed into submission by one of the greatest top sides of the, ta- in the Top of the table side. I mean, you know, it's fucking everything's coming up roses. Well, not if your fullback keeps getting drunk. Well, you know, so far so good. Maybe should have been breath tested before the Tigers game. Played like it was fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, next story, Benji. 
Holy shit, has Benji come back in a big way this week? His rugby... He can generate a headline, that oh, man. And I don't know. For someone that's done nothing good on the field for three seasons. Oh, like fucking in two nine toes. years. Oh, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> um, the rugby experiment's finished, though. Two months he's, he lasted, and he's requested an immediate release. And uh, as his press conference today uh, indicated, he's got his immediate release from the Auckland Blues, and he's seeking a return to the NRL. So, um,. Now they're going to speak to NRL clubs interested in the services. His own manager, Martin Torba, said, it just hasn't worked out. It's disappointing. He's not had the game time he'd like. This has all happened over the last 36 hours. Uh, when asked about if he would move back to Sydney with his wife, he's, he replied that we've not spoken to any NRL clubs. It might be Queensland or it might be New South Wales. It depends on who's interested in him. And uh, he would not be going to the English Super League. So he had ambitions of making the All Blacks. Uh, basically, he was benchy. Benchy Marshall for the for the Union just as he was you know for that one game for the Tigers last year and uh, John Kerwin hasn't I mean I, I would like to think he probably hasn't given him the best chance to sure it's hard to jump straight into like super rugby level you know when you're when you're switching codes I mean you would think that they'd give you some time down amongst the you know just to get your feet in the you know get your head in the game but and get when it. you come with as many headlines as Benji they are trying to get bang for their buck if they can't get it yeah. by way of your performance on the field they'll get it by bums on seats and I'm not sure it worked in either sense yeah, yeah. You would think though a two year contract, maybe you'd you'd want to plan, you know, plan it a little bit better and actually plan this to have is a rugby union, they don't yeah. plan shit. Yeah, fucking useless. Anyway, Cronulla, they've expressed interest straight away. <laughs> I mean Benji among among others. Uh apparently St. George Illawarra and Melbourne are looking to negotiate with Marshall for the rest of this season, but Cronulla are looking to get him for the rest of the season plus another two years. And they apparently he made contact with the Sharks a couple of weeks ago, reaching out via Bo Ryan about possibly returning to the NRL. So, the Sharks' power brokers are confident that Marshall can reignite the team's stagnant attack. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. Whatever. So, they're hopeful to get a decision uh, from Marshall by Friday, and uh, that'll clear the way for him to acclimatise himself to the Shire during the bye next weekend, and then uh, he can come back, play for the Sharks for the rest of the year. For round nine, and then and guess who they play in round ten? And resume his lucrative career on the footy show. So oh, I hope God. you weren't enjoying the, the non-Benji version of the footy show because, let's face it, it should be coming back. I've got a, I've got a few things in regards to Benji. Um, would like to try and remain reasonably respectful given that he is a, a bit of a, a huge part of the Tigers coming of age in the NRL after the, the, the merged, after the merger. Um, he was the face of the club for a long time, for better or worse. Mostly and, worse, really. And, sorry? Mostly worse, though. Oh, look, he provided a lot of entertainment and some and great moments, and without him, we wouldn't have won the Premiership in 2005. Let's, let's be honest about that. But um, he did say last season that he would, ne- he would never play for another NRL club. Yeah. And that's been brought up with his manager who said, uh, we've had a, you know, obviously... You can get silly making statements like that, can't you? You can. And then his manager just off the cuff says... Oh well, that that won't exist. That comment won't exist. Well, it still fucking exists. He still said it. What well, he's doing right. is going back on his word, and you're trying to gloss over it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't begrudge him trying to make a living. But oh, it's fantastic. You just found that photo. Um, <laughs> but if you go out and say. That you're not going to play against the Tigers, yeah. Then things get tough, 
and you well, the first thing you do is play against the Tigers. Yeah, I think you lose a bit of credibility. Yeah, and yeah. I think that people are going to start thinking that your word word doesn't mean much. And he, he made a pretty impressive statement today, saying, "Well, it's a bit hard to play for a club that doesn't want you." Yeah, and well. Still, they don't want you now. Be a man of integrity and stick to your word. That's right. How many times have you played him this year? Just the one? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. Imagine if it was just the one, then they bring him back the week after and he doesn't... Yeah. No harm done. Exactly. People forget about it. Well, you know, six months' time, and you know, then the next season comes around and they're like, oh, well, you know, you've been back for a while. Mm. I just... Um, I'm wrestling with that at the end of the day. That The way it all sort of panned out, Benji was given an opportunity to remain at the Tigers and he thought that he was worthy of more money and more years and and that's where the point of conjecture was and uh, he decided that, you know, Rugby Union was going to be the way to go. Um, he's probably left the better part of two million bucks sitting on the table, hasn't he? I don't know how much that deal was at Rugby, but it was it was definitely overs, but it wouldn't, would it have been that high? Well, the Tigers were talking 700000 a year or seven fifty a year. For four years, not five. But it wasn't just money that was the reason why he left, though. I mean, he knew the writing was on the wall, yeah? Oh, I mean, he's getting be- playing from the bench, and then he was well, like, I just think the, one time. The, the initial and, you know. deal that was discussed with Humphreys yeah. was for five years or Yeah, but that was Humphreys, too. And that wasn't sure, money, and then you know? when, when it come time yeah. to, to talk Turkey, yeah, they won't Humphreys wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And and Grant Mayer, to his credit, is a bit more of a realist. Mm. Um, a Benji Nuthugger. I think it's good. The headlines are good. Um, it's it's good for the game. It's good for the NRL to have Benji back, um, just for his name. I don't. I don't think. I, I honestly don't think that he's going to be able to recapture the form that that he's renowned for, um, and and that he's made his name on. That talk. I hate the talk of like, oh, you know, Benji comes back. It's great for rugby league. Dude was fucking hopeless when he left rugby league. Sure, but what what he does is generates headlines, he generates news, and there's a bit of a buzz around him. He puts some bumps on seats. That's got to be good. Honestly, I don't think on the field he's going to be great for rugby league. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't tear up my membership if Manly signed him, but I'd still be fucking pissed off, and it wouldn't get it wouldn't get my ass on the seat. It, it would be it would be less likely to do so as a result. Now maybe that's different for a team like the Sharks who don't have any good players. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe those yeah, guys are No, 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 I'm serious. I mean Oh, like, so Paul Gallen, Wade Graham, Todd Carney, not good players. Oh yeah, well, yeah, Paul, Michael Paul Gordon. Paul Gallen plays for New South Wales, not Cronulla. <laughs> he fucking he's he gets injured for Cronulla, comes back for New South Wales, gets more injured, doesn't play for Cronulla again and then fucking oh, yeah, <laughs> don't, tell me point. online. Tell me online. Uh, Todd Carney, he's fallen off in a massive fucking way, and they're saying that Cronulla might actually even look at him in terms of like uh a bit of a shepherd. To fucking, you know, straighten Todd Carney out a little bit. I think he's uh, heading for one of those spectacular flameouts. I hope they don't go to Maccas get together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and then, an- right. another thing. Right. Another thing that you haven't mentioned in in, uh, in, in your thoughts was that uh, the West Tigers are set to demand financial compensation, in like a Ben Barber kind of thing. Well, there's obviously something in the in the deal which I wasn't aware of. Yeah, the deal is. That uh, well, Grant Mayer said that they're not in a position to take Marshall back, obviously, and 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 Mike Bailey, the chairman, is like, you know, he's ha- I'm happy for Benji to play against you know against us because it would you know generate interest and you know potentially you know revenue and things like that. Sure. But that the 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 club would seek Ben Barber type compensation before he could sign elsewhere. So uh, 
Where are the Sharks are going to get that money from? Uh, well, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a lot of money. You think about the way you calculate it. Brisbane paid Canterbury $300,000 to release Barber from his contract this season, but it's unlikely the Tigers could expect that sort of money as Marshall has already left. Mm. And they say they cannot accommodate him if he wanted to join them. So they can't, like, he can't say, oh, I want to play for the Tigers. And then they're like, okay, cool. They don't want him anyway. They can't They can't accommodate him. Mm. So they can't say, you know what I mean? So whatever. So, I'm sure they'll agree on an amount. That... So if Brisbane paid Canterbury $300,000 for Barber, the amount for Benji 30. would be, you know, probably like three fifty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> so, but I think the Tigers will come out looking fairly, uh, fairly rosy, bitch faced. Going, oh yeah, we, so, yeah, we've uh, Benji, Benji made the hard decisions, and uh, you know we've moved on. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we can't fit him back in the side. I think, I think they'll come out looking well. I think they're. Um, and again, I think Benji's statement today was fairly impressive, um, given his situation. And he does have a few little uh, anomalies that he's going to have to to dance around. Um, it's lucky he does have that footwork because comments like "I'll never play for another NRL club" when you're talking to other NRL clubs, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a tough one to get past. But that's right. Um, but uh, don't just put it all on the sharks, though, because our, one of our one of the friends of the show. Frank Penisey from the Storm <laughs> said on Monday that the club would be interested in Marshall if they could find room for him under the cap. And uh, Cameron Smith believes he would boost their attack. He's a similar style player to what Gareth Widdett was in our club. Really? Any club at the moment who's looking for a half would look at Benji. I'd welcome the idea of Benji coming back as he's a wonderful footballer and great asset to rugby league because a lot of young kids, boys and girls, mums and dads, they love Benji and turn up to matches to watch him play. There you go. That motherfucker needs to get assessed on the concussion protocol immediately. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been knocked out more than fucking Dallas Johnson to say shit like that, surely. <laughs> I think you're just being nasty, Nathan, and I don't think it's it's called for. Um, Benji for the Storm, could you imagine it? Yeah, well, I just, the Storm's I... in a form slump, and the man they signed is Benji Marshall. And the man they had pinned their hopes on was Ben Roberts. Ben what Roberts bizarro fucking world is Melbourne living in? They're only losing games when Ben Roberts comes off. <laughs> ben Roberts has been doing the business for him. They only lost that game against Canberra Ben Roberts came off. It's a fact. Oh, yeah. Ben Roberts is... I on. never thought I would hear anyone ever utter those words. He's close to the revelation of the season. At this nah, point, fuck ben Roberts. <laughs> Not when you've got names like Gavay, Tapau, Brooks. Yeah, none names of those. Names like that. None of those get in there. Fuck. They gotta learn to play before they get that lofty title. Right. Past winners of the revelation. Daly Cherry Evans, what'd he do? Fucking play for Queensland, Australia, represent won a premiership, rookie of the year, all in one year. Only it seven takes, weeks in, champ. It takes a lot of fucking achievement to get that prestige coveted award. That's and let right. me tell you, being Talk the highest missed tackle maker in the in the NRL at this stage of the season to me in ain't October, gonna get son. you the fucking gong. Talk to me in October. Talk to Brooksy Give me in Bali in October. What the fuck? Clive Churchill medal. <laughs> Give me Bali in fucking October. What am I talking to you about? Fuck. Next news. Bring Glenn it Stewart. down your neck and I'll gladly wait around for you to shit it out. <laughs> and then I'll feed it to you again. <laughs> oh, dreams are free. The Glenn Stewart contract saga has finally been resolved with the Manly back row signing a deal to join South Sydney next season. The Seagulls were keen to retain Stewart, but salary cap pressures prevented them from formally tabling an Why offer. Why are you laughing? <laughs> You know. They weren't really keen to retain him. <laughs> Things, you know, is a nice to have. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? The movie, uh, then they go on the newspaper putting, you know, speculation, which I can actually deal with uh, on the show this evening. But um, where are we? The Rabbitohs had money to spend following Sam Burgess's decision to switch codes at the end of next season. They've also signed out of favour Panther Tim Grant for next year and could also lose Queensland origin forward Ben Teo, who's been linked with a return to Queensland. I don't know where uh, Ben Teo's going to end up, but yeah, he's definitely gone now as a result of Ben Teo's decision. been linked with what? A return to Queensland. Right. I think the Broncos need a, you know, ordinary, you know, back rower. I, I, I dare say they've got fucking plenty of them. And the Titans would be the most stacked for back rowers in the competition, wouldn't they? Or Ash oh. Harrison is retiring. Ash Harrison doesn't want to just play football anymore, so maybe he can go in there. Oh. Cowboys, they'll probably be shit, shit can and Glen Hall and some other useless pricks up their way. However, French rugby as well. That's ben, another, ben TA to French yeah, rugby. Yeah, that's, that's, another, that's another legit... That's another legitimate option from what I've read. Um, several... I'd like to go to France and talk to these people at these rugby clubs. You get a contract. And just say, yeah, I'll walk <laughs> over there and go, and they'd be like, well, can you play rugby? Yeah, okay, I'll give you yeah, a go. Oh, here you go. NRL podcast, NRL, fucking beauty. Yeah. Done. Must know what he's talking about, this bloke. Clean. You're a new star player, $300,000 a season. Fucking hell. Thanks, mate. Get me, a, get me on a plane to Toulon. <laughs> Several NRL clubs, including the Dragons, were inter- interested in Glenn Stewart's services, but the Redfern outfit eventually won out. Um, and then they're saying for their part, Manly, uh, looks like they'll be announcing uh, Peter Hiku's retention three-year deal. And also, uh, Jorge, I believe he'll be uh, announced as a, as a, a signing uh, this week or shortly just thereafter. All the bullshit and all the bravado that Manly fans carry on with about how, you know, there's such a tight club and everyone, you know... And, and the hatred that people have for South Sydney and Melbourne Storm in particular. Mm-hmm. And then you've got favourite sons, like George Rose, <laughs> George signing for the Melbourne Storm. Cult heroes, crowd favourites like George Rose, signing for the Melbourne Storm. Everyone's like, oh, it's okay. That's all right. And, and what's you know, he done? A favourite son, like Glenn Stewart. His surname <laughs> could be Menzies or Lyons. Is, it's such as he's revered by the club. <laughs> And he signs with South fucking Sydney. Look, we can all like, draw... I mean, really? Clearly really the players don't buy into it. We the fans have got this shit... Bill. I'm trying to make a point here, I know you're trying to make a point. At your expense, and you please, keep please, interrupting please me. Please continue. it's very fucking rude, quite please, frankly. Please continue making your point so I could just go pull down well, my just, pants and uh, and take a massive fucking Cleveland steamer all over it. Go. Well, I get Luke Brooks's <laughs> Clive Churchill medal out of it. This is going to be interesting. Oh, this is another of those imaginary yeah, scenarios. Yeah, I'm going to have to sift through it. Oh, this is going to... Oh. Exactly. Can you imagine, how, can you imagine how, how finely you'll have to sift through shit to find an imaginary Clive Churchill medal? <laughs> how will you know when you found it? <laughs> this is like Inception. <laughs> but, you know, you've got a lot of fuckhead fans, and you're one of them. And they build up this hatred and how Manly hates this and the players are all on board and everyone. And then all of a sudden, George Rose is wearing purple and Glenn Stewart, the favourite son. Son of Menzies. Cousin of Lions. <laughs> Signs for South fucking Sydney Rabbitohs. I mean... I just... I now, yeah. now allow, allow me to retort in first saying, Glenn Stewart, nickname Gift. Why is he a Gift. Because he's basically the free gift we got when we got Brett Stewart, <laughs> the one we wanted back in the day. Now, Glenn Stewart, he's he's obviously been enormous. enormous he does for gift the, club. the other team a bunch of penalties in the ruck. 
Yeah, and, and occasionally... So he, I thought that's how he got his nickname. He gifts a couple of weeks week suspension for himself as well, you know. But, uh, you know, he's he has... He's a grub, there's no he, doubt. He has, he has been enormous. I mean, which it's right in South Sydney in that respect. But he's he's been enormous for the club. He's, he's a true true hero, one of the... Uh, the, the, the the, the mainstays over the, the period of uh, incredible success that we've enjoyed. He's been arsehole by the club. And, uh, and it's all the, day, the NRL's fault, Nathan, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, well, it's, there's two, there's two, two uh, parties at fault here. And you're right, the NRL is one of them. The other one... <laughs> Fucking David Gallup. No, the other one is uh, Des Hasler. Because Des Hasler obviously went through that period uh, when he started talking to the dogs and, and, and agreed on principle the terms of the dogs months and months and months before the end of the uh, 2011 season. And in that time, how many contracts did he set up? Massively back-ended contracts, you know, with the sole purpose of cunting the club with, and the salary cap for, you Pretty know, devilish for years. plan from old Des. Yeah, exactly, for years after. And obviously his plan, the way he saw the plan happening... In his mind, I think it probably worked. It probably looked like uh, the West Tigers and, and Cronulla. He's like, they'll all fucking leave the, the, the one club and then I'll get them all and I'll be rebuild a club that's like a facsimile of the other club. You know? But, but it hasn't, hasn't worked out like just that. Just on that, I don't mean to interrupt you yeah. much. Like I'm doing it politely. You were being, you were being a cunt before. Um, Cronulla's building themselves as the 2012 West Tigers. I saw someone tweet this. The 2012 West Tigers weren't the greatest incarnation of the Tigers, can I say? Oh, the pack of shit cunts. They fucking were. <laughs> yeah. They were the premiership favourites that didn't make the finals. That's right. But I mean, that, fucking, that's like, that, that's like a, that's, has... that should be the West Tigers logo, though. I mean, like, honestly, that's, how many years has that happened? <laughs> Pretty much. Didn't happen. You six won of the comp, about, fuckhead. Yeah, every year since, more, though. About six of eight years since, more though. More than I can say for Cronulla. <laughs> What about Cronulla just like setting their lofty, setting lofty goals like finishing ninth, fucking being called premiership favourites, which is fucking laughable. But like, speaking speaking about teams that actually do win titles and premiership favourites, mainly, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I thank I, I thank him uh, very much for his service, and uh, it's I'm a, sure it's very fucking. It's a it's a regrettable it's a regrettable situation. I would have liked to have seen him finish his uh, finished career uh, for for Manly in the, the Maroon White as as he would have, and as you know, as every Manly, Manly fan would have. Um, when you look on the bright side, the way it was told to me was, um, yeah. Would you prefer to lose Glenn Stewart or would you prefer to lose Cherry Evans? And the answer is, of course, Glenn, I'm sorry, Glenn. Would I? Would I prefer? Uh, would, I would, would prefer I, you lost both. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was put to me. It was put to me by someone. You know, you know that's that's pretty much what it came down to, and uh, you know, and and I applaud him for actually getting his future out of the way. You know, pretty early on in the season as well, so it doesn't become a distraction, and he can, and he can begin, you know, his final lap of glory for for the Seagulls, and uh, and you know, finish with a Clive Churchill and another in premiership, no doubt about when it. you miss the eight. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Still um, reeling from a second beating at the hands of the West. Tigers. And we're seeing now that uh, we've got, um, you know, there's uh, Hiku is going to is going to resign. Uh, Tafu is about to resign. Uh, Cherry Evans is going to resign as well, and. Um, that basically, yeah, that that puts us in great stead for the future, and it's un- and it's, it's an unfortunate period of transition for Manly that we're going to see over the next couple of years, where we're going to slowly, you know, lose these guys that have been the fantastic nucleus, all-time legends like you know Jamie Lyons coming into his career, you know, Watmo, Brett Stewart, uh, Steve Matai, but the beautiful thing is they've actually, you know, unlike you know some teams that build themselves up, have have a grand final run, maybe even win a grand final. And then just collapse in, into the gutter afterwards because they've just basically gone all out for a fucking one year of glory and uh, not thought about the future. Like, are you they talking can, about the Roosters? 
I was, I was actually more talking about the, the Dragons in 2010. Oh, really? I thought you were talking about the Tigers. Like no, 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 Because you still had, in 2005, you still had like a whole heap of young, like, you know, you, you, your high-nos and all those guys, they were still, you know, pretty, you know, young in their careers at that stage. So, you know, you, you actually, you know, had the side still in place. I mean, they just didn't perform after that. But the Dragons, on the other hand, threw everything into getting a getting a pinch hitter coach in there, you know, gun coach in there, buying players on bullshit deals, bringing them back, and then boom, the whole thing just fell into a heap, you know, two years later, and then the absolute minnows of the game. And that's the other thing that really annoys me. Is <laughs> I could just hear their tiny little brains exploding. Yeah, <laughs> tears and you know, the rest of it. But that's the other thing that annoys me when you get situations like Gaznia comes back, signs a two-year deal, Backloaded fifty grand the first year, and you know hundreds of grands the next year. Then he retires after that first year. So boom, we've cheated. They've cheated the salary cap and, and, and got away with it. Then you get Minicello. He gets marked down to such a budget discount because of long service leave. I think he's only. I think they're only paying him uh, in terms of what his value is on the cap. I think he's only a hundred, maybe hundred fifty grand value on the cap this season. So I mean, they well, get him for, get mean, him for next to nothing. It makes sense that you know stalwarts of the game of rugby league like Anthony Minicello would get such concessions don't we're you? talking on Twitter today and someone was saying that like Benji will be like you know he's you know his value will be minimal as far as contract you of know $85,000 something like that well how many reserve graders out of New Zealand rugby league a rugby union mind you would you know would be signed on massive deals I mean but yeah, he's a reserve grader out of a rugby union I don't see how anyone would value him any higher than but could you imagine if that was actually something that would fly? Players like you know, like, like like Liam when he had to go when he went to England, he could instead he could just fuck off. To, he could just play for the play for like the Waratahs for yeah, a year, exactly. come come back. His values quartered what it was. I mean, it's absolute bedlam. So I just I, I would like to think that the NRL will learn out of this and say that you know this is a, this is a situation where the guy didn't want to leave, the club didn't want him to leave, but it's just insufficient reward for clubs that develop these players for their entire fucking career and make the situation happen. Now, at the end of the day, I mean, Glenn Stewart, no matter what happens, he'll, he'll be uh, a club legend and he'll go and, you know, serve his two years of superannuation out over at, uh, over at Redfern, hopefully not get addis- addicted to any substances or, you know, catch anything, you know, fatal and then he'll retire and he'll and he'll go, in, he'll become a manly life member and like every other person that, you know, basically drives past Brookvale Oval, they all consider themselves manly manly players for the rest of the year no matter how many years they played for other clubs and yeah he'll be the same and uh, he'll always be revered as a as a legend through uh, you know helping set up this golden dynasty that will continue for decades in the future and you know if he wanted to stay and the club wanted him to stay and his so-called teammates which were his band of brothers wanted him to stay just like other players have in the past they would have taken pay cuts to accommodate his contract but they didn't clearly they fucking hate him and he'll be welcome at South everyone has taken pay cuts already to stay with the club. Guys like what your Watmos and Matties and, and so on. Yeah, right. They've all taken. They've DCU all taken. wouldn't do it. New breed, mate. Yeah, maybe Bigger so. Bigger than the club. Yeah, future's the future. And DCE certainly isn't uh, on look, as much as you could get. Maybe the previous riff wasn't true, but now this one will be. I think DCE's copping a little bit of stick. Uh, because the media's kind of made it like, you know, like a, you know, it's like a... That, no, that's, no, no, the media, the the media hasn't done that. Yeah, the media has. No, they haven't. Yeah, they have. Because at the end of the day, the facts are that Glenn Stewart wanted to stay. The club wanted him to stay. And it came down to him or DCE. And DCE wouldn't take a no, cut. D- so there's a rift. DCE. There's a rift. Clear as day. That's a rift to me. DCE's all cool as well. The problem is, the problem oh. is with the value that the NRL assigned to, assigned to players' contract values. We could have offered him a certain, a, a certain amount of money. 
and he would have been fuck yeah I'll take it and the NRL were like oh no no that falls below you know that that we we think he's actually worth this that's how we got fucked over last year because we were paying Tony Williams an enormous fucking amount of money the NRL adjudicated that we should that he, he was worth like 80 grand more yet he's on that same money over there at the Bulldogs now and proving he's only worth half that fucking value exactly. where's our fucking money that's what I want to know. Their sister, their, whoever's assigning like a refund, play, please. Whoever's assigning player values needs. He's to, also a video ref, it would seem. Well, yeah, yeah, certainly a, a video ref who refs uh, ref the the, the South and Dogs game on the weekend for sure. Not any of the other games. <laughs> um, there's going to be a change to the way the NRL fund clubs. Like obviously they change, they they give clubs a grant each year, which pretty much covers most of the, if not all of the, the running costs, you know, player contracts and all that sort of shit. But uh, Dave Smith is going to announce one of the most significant changes to the way clubs are funded, including incentives and penalties. And I think this is fantastic. Under the changes, each club will receive an annual participation payment of seven point five million dollars to cover base costs such as player contracts. But they could lose. There's um, oh, what's the term for it? But there's there's like a, a, a amount of that money that's like a penalty money, like up to a million dollars if they don't comply with minimum requirements. And it could include things from having female representat- representation on their board. It could be things like um, you know, certain crowd figures. Could be performance. It's almost like a selection criteria that saw South's asshole, asshole out of the competition back <laughs> in the day, and you know, which is you know, fantastic. Um. But also, clubs will be able to earn additional funds from the NRL if they achieve stretch targets that will be set each year in areas such as membership numbers, attendance figures, merchandise, and sponsorship. So, the minimum requirements and the revenue targets aren't across the board. They vary. They you know based on clubs as in like location and you know all that sort of thing. So, obviously, a team like uh, Melbourne or the Broncos that are in like the only team in their marketplace. Mm. Obviously, it's going to be easier than their goals are going to be probably loftier. Powerhouse clubs like the Tigers would have higher expectations than minnows like Manly. Well, is yeah, that what you're saying? Teams like the Sharks would probably have really fucking. <laughs> really, I mean, like the Warriors, let's face it, the Warriors are going to get an extra $25 million out of the NRL every year just on the merchandise alone. I mean, those <laughs> motherfuckers have so many jerseys out there that, uh, they, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. So, they're, obviously, their stretch goals would have to be maybe to create 50 different jerseys a year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But. What it means is that clubs clubs could potentially receive different amounts of funding from the NRL, which I, you know I agree with, and uh, it's it's great to have a model that actually encourages things like you know drives on membership and stuff like that. I mean, because the NRL has really only been pushing the membership thing hard for like wouldn't even be five years, three maybe. Members, you reckon? Yeah, like, like hardcore, like hardcore, like making it a like Three it's years? only been an integrated campaign for one or two years, like where all the clubs are sort of working off the same mm. centralized kind of um, CRM, and so. Uh, we want you look at the. I saw someone put a uh, a thing up on uh, Instagram or something um, the other day talking about. We always talk about how AFL clubs have you know these massive member member numbers like you know they got forty thousand members, sixty thousand members, whatever. Mm. The thing is though, if you look back at Hawthorne's membership in like nineteen ninety three, it was like sixteen thousand people or whatever. Yeah. Then they had a you know then then they go more and more and now have a big boost. And so so given that uh NRL is like twenty years behind in terms of the way they push memberships, uh and also I mean AFL memberships, you need to be a member to get decent seats at games. You just can't get them unless you're a member. So And grand final sort of tickets for AFL, I had a bit of a brainwave last year that I was gonna uh one of the guys I work with is a massive AFL fan. Yep. And um I said, why don't we try and get a bit of a plan together where we go down to the AFL grand yep. final and do the NRL grand final. And he said, oh, you might have trouble 
getting fucking tickets to yep. AFL, said, you know, some sinful amount of tickets get allocated to each club's members. Yep. Um, but not just the two clubs competing in the grand final. It's every club yep. gets an allocation. Yep. And then every club will have functions and and have, you know, so you get a ticket, you get a function. You, you do your club thing so, down there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's good. That's, that's a way for the entire AFL to make money. Yeah. Not just, you know, selling tickets to the general public. And that's... Yeah. Um, he said it's very, very hard to get tickets. Yeah. So... Um, Whereas the NRL, I mean, once again, if you're a member, it's fantastic. Mm. If you're a member, it's a great... Especially if your team gets the grand final, it's great. You can buy tickets on the Monday. You can make a yeah. decision when they, you know, when they get in there. So Exactly right. Which is probably the same for AFL members as well. But yeah, for someone on the outside, it's a little bit tougher. Sure. But, uh, you know, it's good to see... Um, uh, I like the changes. I mean, there's a lot, a lot you talk about as far as the, you know, these these changes and how they're going to work. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's really positive, and uh, yeah, I'm happy for them to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're positive, uh, positive moves, and um, I look forward to you know seeing things like memberships and, and stuff like that pushing further and further. We, we're making progress every year, and but like you say, when compared with the AFL, we're a long way behind. Given you know we we didn't really put an emphasis on it. It won't take 20 years, time. though. It won't, it won't no. take 20 years for the NRL to catch up just with the digital and you know, social media and that side of things, the way that you can integra- uh, integrate and like you know, communicate and, and you know, get your message out there. And I notice and, yeah. a lot of clubs now are, are really trying to make... I know Penrith are doing it. Um, the Tigers have put a lot of effort into it. That's just two examples. And I know... I only mention the Tigers because I've obviously get mm. a lot of literature it's, and emails, etc. from them. But... Um, they are trying to do something about ticket prices and making it more affordable. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll tell you who's not doing a great deal of that is the Sharks. I've seen a lot of bitching about uh, from Penrith fans. Price went they... through the roof. Yeah. Um, but you know, and their ticket... away team stuff too. Like you know, like the, the Penrith has actually been taking care of the away team supporters as well. Right. Like good deals and you know decent seats and stuff like that. But, because yeah. when you look at strictly a revenue, and I know rugby league is a very tribal game, but from a business perspective. Sure, the, the home team, given the Panthers, you know, let's say it's the Panthers. Yep. Sure, they'd want you know a huge amount of crowd support at their home ground, but yep. if you've got a capacity crowd, they win. Yeah. Regardless of what the percentages of their own fans compla- compared to exactly. away fans, and you would think the bigger the crowd, you know, they're always going to have the lion's share of the support. So, um, but then the club also benefits from merchandise sales. They, but you know. Booze, food, all the rest of it. Yep. Um, so the, the bigger the crowd, the better. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, re-signing news. Newcastle have re-signed blockbusting centre Joey Leilua for two more NRL seasons, keeping him there till the end of 2016. He's been a key figure in their back line since he's joined the club last season. And a uh, quote from Wayne, Joey got a chance to come here and play and we're elated we've been able to re-sign him. Everyone is really realising how much Joey has achieved in his 18 months at the Knights. He has a wonderful skill level and is only going to get better. It completes the back line for us with a good mix of youth and experience and plenty of entertainment value in it. Over the next couple of years, this young back line will certainly come into its own in the game while also providing a real stability at the club. I just, I have a feeling that He's just continually going to be, certainly by this show, he's going to be known as BJ. For his ability, Snapchat, of sending illicit photos of his then ex missus to his mates. Yep. Than yep. anything he does on the field, he could be borderline become an immortal from here on. 
and I'm still going to be calling him Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's done an amazing job rebranding by getting rid of the BJ thing and just calling himself Joey Lua, though. I mean, that is definitely a, a concerted effort that wouldn't have come out of his mind. Someone, his agent, or you know, someone or yeah, has come yeah. up with a fantastic idea of like, let's rebrand you. BJ Lua, he's Snapchat and spitting and, you know, the rest of it. Yeah, he's a grub. But Joey. Joey. Fucking take him, take him home to meet your mother. Yeah. Joey's an upstanding young gentleman. An ambassador for the game. Just don't give him your mother's mobile number because <laughs> exactly. he might send you her photos of you naked. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Also, Corey Parker and Justin Hodges uh, on Tuesday, they announced uh, joint, uh, they're both going two more years at the Broncos, which uh, you'd think for Hodges that it'd see his career out. And Corey, I mean, let's face it, fuck that he, he'll be old and grey by the time those two years are gone. Look at him he's, now. He's fast slipping through the George Clooney distinguished phase and heading towards the Sean Connery old man phase <laughs> as far as his hair goes. And Justin Hodges is too. You just can't see it because it's happening inside his hamstrings. And <laughs> <laughs> has been for like, I mean... His he's hamstrings been... are grey as motherfuckers. <laughs> his hamstrings. He's had the hamstrings of the fucking old mother off the Beverly Hillbillies for fucking three years. <laughs> Paper mishodges. Um, look... I, I just think that it's you know it's it's good that uh, Corey Parker is going to be a one club man. I think he's he's that guy in uh, in the Broncos establishment. Um, at you know presently, mm-hmm. it's going to be the the one club guy. Probably would pin the same sort of tag on on Thiday and and also Alex Glenn. Um, I'm sure there's others there as well. Yep. But um, Justin Hodges had a brief dalliance with East there, but um, all, the, all the Roosters. Um, but soon found his way back to Brisbane and he's he's become a great player when he can stay on the fucking field. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it's good to see him every five games on he's, average. Yeah. I'll tell you what, between him and Josh Dugan, there's a couple of candidates for the Tampon All-Stars. Throw Terry Campisi in there and you've got a fucking yeah. lot of money on the side. But who lines. would you play at fullback? Would you play Brett Stewart or would you play Dugan? Dugan, you- I think, because, I mean, he's he's doing it from the start of his career. Like he's not. How, how's he going to get any better? I mean, Brett Stewart. You know, he had like you know massive knee problem. That, you know, that's, you know, well over halfway through his career, where that that sort of led up. But before then, he was fine. Mm. He had one. So uh, he's a late candidate. He's a, yeah. He's he's a late. I mean, Dugan's doing this from the word go. So you imagine the sort of fucking long term injuries he's going to have in six years. Yeah. Unbelievable. But yeah, you could probably you know you could probably make a tampon all stars if you thought if you really thought about it. It'd be a fair few. Would you put like Yeah, yeah, would he be on the wing? Would you go there? That's fucking terrible. Yeah. How dare you? Um Sonny Bill early in his career yeah. hasn't been too bad. There you go. Hashtag tampon all stars. Fucking gives you thirteen. Don't worry about you know, reserves unless you really, really get the tons of dudes. Well, you know we've got some listeners that'll overthink it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. There's Robbie Farrer. He must be getting getting up to you know Fuck, starting hooker, man. wouldn't he? Robbie Farrer is a fucking champion, <laughs> absolute champion, warrior. <laughs> Just with a, fucking got sniped by his own teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to think of a hooker that's like more more injury prone. What about? I, I know you're not an AFL fan, but I I love all sport, as you know. Um, Chris Judd for Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's had some injury issues okay. over his time. He's recently blown his hamstring out, right. and um, the media's been all over him saying, "Is this the end of your career? You're a bit injury prone. It's probably going to be the end of your season or the end of your career." Yeah, you know, 
essentially, why don't you fuck off and retire? Um, and he's pulled out the, the data from his GPS tracking system. He said, if you look at the data from the GPS track, tracker, from the moment I was pushed as he caught the ball, he copped a bit of a shove in the back. Yeah. He said, oh, you know, after I was pushed, um, I was travelling at three times, you know, the speed that I would normally be running at yeah. with my top speed. And, you know, hamstrings just aren't designed to um, to tolerate that sort of strain. Like, look, I'll give him full marks for being prepared. Wow. But at the end of the day, I would imagine that being pushed, you know, presumably from, you know, while in the air. No, it was as he, as he sort of hit the ground, okay. he's copped it, you know, like the ball's in. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, and I played Aussie rules as, as a youngster and like that didn't happen every fucking time you had the ball. No. I mean, like at the end of the day, the, 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 the insinuation that you should retire is probably still valid because that is not an uncommon thing to happen no. in the sport of Australian rules football. And if your body can't I'm handle that... I'm just unlucky. That, I'm not injury prone. I'm just unlucky. Exactly, yeah. Cool story. Cool story, Judd. Is he still with that hot chick that was wearing the red dress on the yep. ground like that year? That's what he'll be known for. I mean, yep. he's, that's he's, all I, that's he's all a I champion know of the sport, but pff, Jesus, he's a hot missus. Yeah, Cam Paul. All right. And uh, finally... Uh, not that we're objectifying women no, by any not stretch. at all. We love all women. I love all women equally. Exactly. I just love the hot ones a little bit more. <laughs> some, some are more equal than others. <laughs> Uh, finally, a uh, Premier League-style policy of separating rival fans at ANZ Stadium is being hailed by Parramatta and the NRL, who will seriously consider making an Eels-Tigers clash a permanent Easter Monday fixture. Oh, that sounds like a fantastic one. A crowd of 50,668 turned up to this game, and uh, both clubs are going to lobby to ensure that encounter is penciled in for the public holiday for next year's competition and beyond, and it's a strong chance of being given a green light by the NRL, because let's face it, they've got a fucking good crowd there, and I mean, you know... Weather's good. It's all good. 50,000 is a good crowd, I thought. It's a great crowd. But it's an 80,000-seat stadium. Yeah, but I mean... What if both teams have great seasons this year? What if they they don't and they pencil it in and it's going to be happening anyway and the fans can look forward to it as a thing and they can actually get some marketing behind it starting from, you know, membership packages and everything? Sure. You're just going to see... when, when, When games become a thing... And like a regular, like an Anzac Day thing, or like a charity, they become event games that people go to. Yeah. It doesn't matter how the teams are traveling because, like the rivalry, like the, the you get the ones with uh, South and the Dragons. For years, South were hopeless, mm. and Dragons would just pun- punish them. But yeah, South the actually, Dragons South, are well, South would get the upset though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even if even if Dragons were going to punish them all season long, and then now South have you know turned around and they're the better team out of the two. Still the same amount of interest, you know. So uh, you know, I think it's a great thing. But what they did is they. Uh, they separated, well, they attempted to separate fans from both teams. It wasn't like a compulsory thing. So what they did, is they, they had like a, well, they said it was first implemented when um, 75,000 people saw uh, the Eels versus the Bulldogs in a semi-final in 2009. They split the arena right down the middle. And so you had like, you know, massive, you know, sets of both fans. So you get, you know, more noise and, you know, people you presumably enjoy, you know, more because they're around, you know, like-minded people. How do you know? <laughs> But uh, what well, they you're do, booking a ticket. Well, they you? don't they don't force it on the fans, but they can they can choose to sit in any section of the venue. But um, 
they're hoping that, uh, that, that that Parramatta are hoping that they can replicate a similar thing coming up against the Bulldogs on June 15 and uh, and August 14. So in the Premier League in England, uh, for those who don't know, the rival clubs are separated according to their allegiance. Obviously over there, there's like a strong element of like soccer hooliganism and stuff yeah. like that that is the reason that sort of brought it in. However, I mean, there are positive sides to doing it as well that I think that, you know, positive reasons to do it that I think the NRL can really... Uh, yeah, you get people, and, and this is, and I'm I'm really for this because being a manly fan living in Queensland, I'm always in the away supporters selection, which is basically a segregated section yeah. of fans all the same team, and you have the, the best, best fucking, you, you, it's the best. You have the best time. And I um, this year I, well I won tickets because I hadn't purchased any, and at the Tigers function I um I won some tickets in a raffle. That's a grand mayor blowjob competition, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I performed admirably, yeah. quite frankly, and was given <laughs> given some tickets. Um, but and it, that was just in the general admission, but the, the away supporters bay essentially yeah, down the end, there, and yeah. it was fucking great. And yeah. we kicked ass, and I was high five and young kids and old Dead mate, strangers, old yeah. mate next to me was just he thought I was great, and he was just high fives and slapping each other on the back. downside. You weren't anywhere near the jungle foul guy. Couldn't hear him from where you're sitting, could you? No, no. He well, last time I saw him, that was in the corporates. Yeah. In the chairman's lounge. How the yeah. fuck he got in there? I'll never know. Just jagged it. Just one he of must those have people. fucking look a jungle fowl and fucking <laughs> distracted people. And you will let me into this corporate area to partake of the buffet and unlimited alcohol, <laughs> or I'll be fucking on you like a tiger, tiger on a jungle, jungle fowl. fowl. And the guy's gone, yes, sir. look, I don't, I don't know what that means, they, but it sounds scary. Don't know what it means, but they do not pay me enough to deal with fucking psychos <laughs> like you. <laughs> just let's just walk in. There's only 3,000 people at the stadium anyway. They're not going to fucking miss it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's the best. And even the grand final, I mean, I always will buy tickets in the, the group section at the end of the ground for the, you know, available to the members, you know, the day, you know, before the grand final uh, tickets go on sale. Or just after, sorry, the last batch go on sale because it's just a fucking excellent vibe because you're amongst, you know, you're amongst your own people. And exactly. Like, I mean, and like the, you know, four grand finals, whatever I've been to, I mean, or I haven't, I haven't not sat in, you know, in a scenario like that. So like, I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, if you're surrounded by, you know, other fans or neutrals or, you know, whatever, you know, but it just wouldn't be as good. I, um, I think there's a lot that we can learn from active fan participation, um, from soccer, um, like fucking setting flares off. How about that? I, I don't condone that by any stretch, but happened. It happened see, at our Dragons this week. Yeah, well, I mean, haven't they got some fuckhead fans? Oh, um, have they what? You can see that clubs are trying, and, and I mean, things like the Broncos. There's a couple of couple of fails on the Broncos, but at least they're having to go. The rally tower thing. Um, now they've got a couple of people with drums, but you probably need drums in each corner or opposing corners or something because at the moment they've got A, drums in one corner and B, the person with the drumsticks is tone deaf and cannot fucking drum a beat. And um, C, drums are fucking annoying if there's one thing that people should learn from the Titans' experiment. <laughs> that's true. But remember that time we went to the game, the Manly game, and um, and you got all up in arms over that guy having the Manly guy having his drum taken off him? Yeah, Jono and fucking, now, he's, he's on it. Oh, now, fucking hell, here we go. Now, Manly guys... And this isn't... And, and this Manly is, guy is a fucking little drummer boy. No, and this isn't and like an organised thing. And this, and this is not an organised thing where they put 
a number of drums in the hands of fucking people. What are the what are the people? What is their criteria for selecting? You get to be a drum guy. You get to be you know. Well, you have you? to have arms well, yeah, and hands with other... opposable thumbs in order to hold drumsticks. Well, they don't sound like that though. I mean, that 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 sounds like you've overstated the, overstated it somewhere. No, it sounds like someone's whacking it with their ball sack. But if you've got, quite frankly, and not to a particularly appealing beat, and like the group of people down there, that's like the kind of that Broncos active support that thing they've tried to get started this year, right? Yeah. What do they call it? Broncos, Broncos active supporter bay. Really? That's that's that's. Oh, I don't know. I made that up. And so those people there, they bought a particular type of membership to be there. Or You're asking me questions, Nathan, and I really appreciate the fact that you think I can answer them. But in reality, I can't. <laughs> yeah, let us know the criteria stuff because I mean, like the as far as like you know, the the manly situations, nothing that has been officially done. This is the people that come together, all the chants and everything. Are all like you know, half of them are in jokes amongst like the group of the travelling supporters anyway. The big group of people that uh, travel to every game, so it's a, it's a fun environment. And because the drummer is one of the people, knows exactly what the deal is, knows what all, knows what all the chants are, and so it actually works. Rather than like, you know, you just got some, you know, monkey, you know, banging away on something. People don't know what the fuck to do because they only bought their way into that fucking bay via their membership, not fit through any real, like, you know, camaraderie or anything. So, yeah. In conclusion, do it right. But I do like the idea of keeping them separated as yes, well. Yes, I agree. Fantastic. Okay, recaps. Uh, first game happened on Friday afternoon, and the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 15 narrowly defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs 14. Now the points, the Dogs 15 came from tries to Mitch Brown and Corey Thompson, uh, field goal for Trent Hodkinson, and uh, two conversions from two attempts and one penalty goal from one attempt for Trent Hodkinson as well. Defeating the Rabbitohs with tries to Sam Burgess and John Sutton, Adam Reynolds two conversions from two attempts and one penalty goal from one attempt. South is struggling for a little bit of form and have been in in the weeks leading up to this game. But I think strange to say, but this was a tough game and, and it was, albeit a loss for the Rabbitohs, but I think they'll actually benefit from this game. It was the sort of game where they, they really had to get involved in a, a good, tight, gritty sort of game, um, which is probably more their style this season. Um, some of the rule changes probably haven't really played in their favour, so it was probably good for them to be involved in a game like this to to get the forwards battling it out and try and gain a little bit of confidence. I think that's probably been their biggest issue. Um, whilst they're adapting to some of the rule changes, making the game a little bit quicker, it's knocked their confidence around. Um, how much they, um, how much confidence they can take from this game and, and try and turn some things around? Is it, it we're probably what are we? Not, not quite a quarter, but of the way through the season now. Yeah. Um, and they're not looking real flash, the bunnies. No, no, not at all. So, you know, they're, they're going to need to take some positives out of games like this and um, and try and put some wins together um, to get back to where they obviously think they should be. Um, as for the dogs, <laughs> they're running first, but... It's the Titans first. Well, I, I disagree. I think they've got a a touch of the, the Des Hasler under the radars about him. 
No one's really talking about them. It's because they're pretty fucking rubbish. So much like the Titans yeah. when they got to the first place. It's kind of a default first. Yeah. They're just warming the seat for the Tigers is what you're saying. Warm I agree wholeheartedly, Nathan. Well like this, after this weekend, Manly will be on top. It's all good. I'd rather, you know, team other than the dogs warming the seat because, I mean, fucking who knows where they've been. But, <laughs> you know. I um, I can't say that there's any one factor of the dogs that, that has me saying, okay, well, they're on top because they do this. Yeah. You know, like, you look at the Tigers going, well, they've got the best attack in the comp. Their defense is, needs, needs a little bit of work. But, um, you know, Manly are that, you know, tough, gritty side. The Broncos, albeit, struggle to close out close games. But they never you, really go don't, away. Don't, don't know why you're talking about the Broncos in the same sentence, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I mean? There's there's generally, a, a you know, an aspect of a side that you can pinpoint their success on. Um, the Dogs... Just the, the Titans are like this. I, I, honestly, the, the comparison with the Titans is real. Like the Titans are another team. <laughs> it's fucking mystifying. I look forward to beating the Dogs by forty points too. Then, <laughs> um, last point on this game is Hodkinson was clutch again. Another game-winning field goal, and he's oh, how many is that in his career? He had a bunch for Manly. He's had he a had bunch two for, for the two Dogs. Two for Manly. He had a, he had more than two. There was two two weeks in a row. Yeah, and then that he was had a couple it. others. That was it. Then he did sweet fuck all because remember it was about there was another one later in the season. No, was, I think it, you're selling him short. I'm I'm selling him short, but I mean it's a it's factual short. <sighs> Nerdy cunts like DJX playing. They've got fuck all else to do but look at stats and stuff because that's basically his living. Um, look that up. Games right. won by Trent Hodkinson field goals or penalty goals in the last five minutes. Penalty goals and field goals are two different things. You still got to kick them. Or conversions, maybe. Sideline conversion. We're talking about field goals. Let's leave it at field goals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm interested in. I think in. it'll be four then, wouldn't it? I, I can think of two. Two for Manly? Yeah. Two so, for, at least two so, for so dogs. Two for dogs that's this year, year yeah. so there's yeah. probably more. It could yeah. be six. Yeah. Pretty impressive effort. At a three-card magic trick. All in caps lock. Like a true spastic. Yeah, baby, the mighty NRL Bulldogs with another tough win. So proud of the boys. What a great effort. Alexi Sale. At Shane Aaron Elvis. I'll hand it to the NRL Bulldogs for a fucking shit grubby team. They keep jagging wins. Hash (laughs) Cunterbury. And he sent that to the to the dog's Twitter account too. Oh wow! How rude and disrespectful that is. It's very poor. The Ben Z. Unfortunately for the dogs, next time we'll have Luke G Burgess, To, and a subs bench. Gutsy by the bunnies, and that's true. The bunnies were they were they smashed down to about one sub. Yeah. You know, certainly by half time, if not earlier than that. So uh, the, you know, they, they did they did well to hang in there. Uh, but yeah, wow, you're not, the bunnies credit. Not well enough. Blue underscore Beaver, is Trent Dogkinson kicking his way into a Blues jersey? No. He does satisfy one main criteria, not being Mitch Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think... He hasn't, been, he hasn't really been thrown into the ring, has he? I think given injuries and form reversals and things like that, I dare say that it would not be out of the realm of possibility to see Dogs 6, 7, 9 in New South Wales. Wow. I don't think... It, I, I Only because Ferris hurt. I don't think... For yeah, one no, game, no, because, game one. Yeah, because of injuries and form, like form problems with, over with the Roosters halves and uh, and Farrah's injury. I, and I just think... 
like I don't do I approve it fucking hell no except for the fact that it weakens the dogs through you know during an origin period you know that would be fantastic it would cripple their season they'd lose every game they played but other than that I don't support I don't support it at all I think it's terrible but I think and I don't think the New South Wales selectors would think that way but I think there has something has to be said for pre-existing combinations of players where individually you throw them in with other guys and they might not be you know as good or as successful but if you keep them in their existing combinations that they're comfortable with, mm-hmm. then maybe they can be better than the you know the sum of their parts, individual parts. Well said, Chapo, the creator. What do the Burgi and Ben Zed all have in common? They're all shit cunts. Hash deport them all. <laughs> and he's gone on to say again. Uh, he's uh, once again the Bulldogs beat the scum of the league and show the NRL we are a force to reckon with. Hash dogs of war. Hash kick Souths out again. Jeez. And finally, former underscore legend. Great to see Bryson Goodwin show his brother that even heteros have bad days on the footy field. <laughs> Another excellent tweet. Next, the Brisbane Broncos, 32, defeated the Newcastle Knights, 6. And uh, the score scorers were uh, Alex Glenn, Matt Gillett, Ben Barber gets his first uh, for the Broncos, Dale Copley, Ben Hannett, Josh Hoffman, Corey Parker, uncharacteristic 2 from 5, Ben Hunt got one conversion from one attempt and a penalty goal, and the Knights uh, try to Corbin Sims and a conversion to Tyrone Roberts. Yeah, I think the emotion dump of the Knights is, is, is really starting to take its toll on them. Um, and that can account for some of their performance, but, geez, some of their defence was fucking atrocious in this game. Mm-hmm. Matt yep. Gillett just stormed through, untouched. And he hasn't done that for two years. Anybody. He's having a good season this year, though. Yeah, pretty. he's having a pretty good season, but he's not like he, he's not like he was when he started. Man, he's more refined. He's more, yeah, but he was explosive back in the day. Like, the line breaks, he was doing everything. You're forgetting, you're forgetting how he burst onto the scene, man. I think he's, I think he's up there at the moment with that sort of form. Um, yeah, he's probably Sam Thorday's having a good season as well. I think he's benefiting from not having the captaincy. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, he's, he's, a, and I think on the on the flip side of that, Parker is actually playing better because he's got the captaincy. Yeah, I'm not I a big fan they, of the time they, that he has off the field though, just for super coach purposes. But still, <laughs> true. But it's it's amazing that they. They spent that season trying to appease Thiday by giving him the captaincy, which actually hamstrung him a bit. Yep. It's, it was a strange decision. Um, I think this game was a nice answer from the Broncos after two losses in a row. Um, Thiday's injury is keeping him out again this week. Yep. I just wonder, is it more long-term than what they're letting on? It's, it's In the initial instance, it was like, oh, he might miss a week, but... Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it's a Brett Stewart hamstring... I was going to say, he's got Brett Stewart's doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as I said, he is having a great season so far. Can they keep winning without him? Um, when he's... He's one of those guys, and you can... And you do see it quite graphically um, in the games. Or you can watch it at Suncourt, but um, given our seats are so good, you, you get this real feel for the energy that it brings, some of his runs, and mm. you can see the, the players feed off that, um, whether they can keep winning without him. And then you've got Origin, he's going to be out then too. Yep. Um, yeah, so that could be a factor for the Broncos. And uh, Josh Hoffman, <laughs> the 5'8", he never passes. Looking like he might become the New Zealand 5'8". Because <laughs> Kieran Four is going to be out of the test match. Unbelievable. <laughs> a 5'8 that doesn't pass. My goodness. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Big Dan, 1985. Defence had all the consistency of Swiss cheese or at Barry O'Farrell's memory. 
Broncos exploited it all night. Mad Dog underscore no space. Each word here is on a separate line. He's you know so you think of what the first letter is going to spell out. Brilliant, relentless, outstanding, noble, clinical, orgasmic, sensational. Hash Broncos. Hash Truth Candy. How did that tweet make the cut? Because you know what. Not a lot of people gave a fuck about this game. I had to pretty much use every tweet. Should have still left it out. Former underscore legend. To be a Newcastle cheer girl, you'd imagine it'd be mandatory to have two kids with three blokes or a home detention bracelet. I saw someone respond to that saying, what about what about Jennifer Hawkins? Which rendered yeah. his, his argument yeah. invalid. Yeah. <laughs> Shaboogan. Chris Houston is dead set one of the worst props ever. Learn to pass you grey-haired dipshit. Remember when he was all right, though? I remember he was when he was like a decent. And was it only, only like probably two years ago? Was it before he, was, he got suspended for drugs? I think or? it's when he came straight back after. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's I think playing he, quite well. Yeah, yeah. The Ben Z. Oh, this is this. I'd like to just put a massive asterisk on this tweet to say that you know views of our listeners are not necessarily shared by the by the, the host of this podcast. But I had to put it in because this is one of these things when people are vying when they're going hard for Gronk of the Year. These are the tweets that you remember when you're making your selection at the Twillies. The Ben Z. Kurt Gidley is an atrocious hooker, and Wayne Bennett thought the Knights' spine-related issues were over. Hash, say no to Gidley for New South Wales. I can't believe you read that out. It's disgraceful. I just, I just, I just would like to see the Gronk of the Year go to the person who deserves it most, and so unfortunately, we have to cast, we have to cast light on their finest Gronkery. And then he came up to another one. The Ben Zed going hard this week. The Broncos' form is like Glenn's attraction to Polynesians. Unstoppable. Followed by patches of denial and indifference. He's, he's put way too much thought into that. Match of the round. Mighty Manly Sea Eagles 26. Smash the North Queensland Cowboys 21. Up there at Shithole Central Coast. And <laughs> the point scorers were as follow. Tries to Steve Matai. Of course, the obligatory Steve Matai try this season. Jorge Tafua, two tries. Kieran Foran, try. Jamie Bure, try. Uh, three or five conversions for line. And uh, North Queensland Cowboys, 21, came from tries to Kyle Felt. A double to Brent Tate. Curtis Rona on debut. Thurston with a field goal and conversions. Two from two for Thurston. Felt bombed two from two attempts. And uh, Thurston also missed a very fucking easy penalty goal too. JT be like in the dressing room going, Kyle the fuck I'll try and share the love with the goal kick and you fuck it up on me yeah and then Tell he goes out again. and then he goes out in the second half and in the first thing in the second half and gets a penalty that's like 10 metres to the right <laughs> the uprights and fucking sprays that doesn't happen often <laughs> no I mean he's like a he's like a goal line fucking curls it in from fucking right on the sideline exactly. and shit you know look there's a lot of bleating from Cowboys fans um, oh, in regards bleat. to the, the obstruction um, call that didn't go their way and, and led to well, Led to a Seagulls try being awarded, um, and there's a there's been a, a lot of conjecture with the obstruction rule and various decisions from the refs and video refs this season already. But the Cowboys just, I just think they should exempt themselves from ever commenting or ever having any complaint about referees whilst Robert Louis is employed by their club. Robert Louis Karma. Reign supreme. It's a very real thing. It's a real and tangible thing. Gods, that you make them angry. That's right. And this and is what fucking happens to you. It's what you get. And it's 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 funny that it seems harsh to say funny because I know Cowboys fans. There are some nice Cowboys fans. Not many. Don't get me wrong. There's probably one. 
and he's a Cowboys fan, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Two Jonos. So maybe there's none. <laughs> um, I just I have no sympathy for the Cowboys um, they put all you know they put their faith in Robert Louis to try mm-hmm. and deliver uh, wins and they put wins above morals and whatever exactly. whatever you do that um, you don't deserve to win games of football legitimately or otherwise and it becomes genuinely funny when you lose them like literally, it become it becomes a great comedy uh, centerpiece. And I know there's a lot of their fans that don't support the fact that Robert Louis plays for their club. The fact remains that he does. Exactly. So until such time as he doesn't, I will not have any have any sympathy whatsoever. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think the West Tigers show that the key to beating Manly is bashing them into submission, um, and only the really good sides in the competition, like the West Tigers are able to do it. The Cowboys <laughs> were highly fancied this season um, and got a, a forward pack full of big names and, and couldn't manage to get it done and made the Seagulls look like the bullies that they used to be. Um, but unfortunately, they uh, Cowboys couldn't come up. They, and that's another point I wanted to make. With all the bleating, mm-hmm. the Cowboys still kicked a field goal and led the game with not long to go. That's right. Yeah, they, led the game, they led the game with uh, under two minutes remaining. So, oh, no, sorry, no, it was under four minutes remaining. Um, and they still couldn't hold him out. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, 100%. Um, the thing is, Robert Louis Karma manifested itself in an awesome way this game, in that every manly try had something to do directly with Robert Louis. If it wasn't Robert Louis missing the direct tackle like he did with the final try and the one before that, uh, it was it was Robert Louis being so shit in defence that a normally strong and reliable defender in Brent Tate would always err on the side of Louis and move that way. And just through having such a distrust of the tackling ability of Robert Louis one-on-one against guys like Kieran Foray and uh, you know, Brett Stewart, uh, Horro coming through there, Steve Matai, he would come in, commit that way, and there, and make it easy for them to create, you know, it's a simple, you know, uh, two-on-one overlap. And, you know, that, and that's how uh, George Tafua scored his try. And that's how the break right down the other end of the field from Matai with the inside pass uh, through to Brett Stewart. Now, that's how that came about as well. Um and I just think that in that with the with the decision that they're talking about, the on-field you know, Badger ruled try, sent it upstairs, and you know it's their job to you know conclusively disprove it. And I mean, there's there's three key points in the obstruction rule. The first one is if the defender initiates contact with the with the uh, decoy, no obstruction will will be deemed to have occurred. And Ray Ray grabbed Jamie Bureau. But the second thing is Bureau ended up about it a metre and a half through the line of defence as well. Ray Ray's kind of stopped, grabbed him, and then gone, oh shit, and then run, and then found himself out, you know, in no position to make a tackle at the end. He was never going to make that fucking tackle, and he really just tried to stitch it up. But um, but having said that, what what we've seen in, like, the past of rugby league, especially in tries that Manly scored, fuck me, that's like the, that is like the most, the most dubious looking I mean, we used to get done when we started doing those second man plays back in the day, like when Desi first started, you know, you know, coming around around 2007. We used to get fucking so many tries disallowed, you know, for you know, for, for based on instructions, which were not, which were nothing like that. So, you know, then the the Cowboys they got their they got their field goal straight away, and it was a fucking cracking field goal too, because I mean, I can't remember who it was, but someone was just fucking coming at, at Thurston's legs. Uh, to smack him hard after he kicked it, and he was kind of wide out, and you know, not in a great position, and he's pretty far out, about thirty, at least thirty meters out, uh, out to the wide right. So it was a pretty fucking clutch field goal from Thurston. 
But then, as you'd expect, speaking of clutch, Manly worked their way down the field, get right in front of the post. The the play is obviously going to go back for the field goal taken from about 30 metres out from directly in front of the post. Can't miss play to take the game into golden point extra time. And fucking Kieran Foran with the absolute ballsiest clutch move that I've seen in a long time, decides to run it. The players on the defensive side are just fucking shooting out of the line because they're, you know, thinking field goal. Just double pump, hands it to Bureau, who goes over pretty much untouched. I mean, the only touch he got was, you know, some fingernails of Louis as he brushed straight through him. Uh, ballsy play, deserve, I mean, deserved way to win a match. Uh, you know, when it's all on the line like that and you just fucking just take the chance to do something, you know, just it's just pure skillful genius. It's just fantastic to see it rewarded. Um, now with the uh, let's get through the tweets, shall we? The tweets. Well, this this is fantastic. The first one isn't from after the game. The first one's from about fifty-five minutes into the game. The Foley. T H E P H O L E Y. Come on, Nate. Let's start hearing the excuses. The night was too dark. The grass was too green. The moon was too bright. And I believe I replied to him later on. <laughs> I said, suspect you would have. And I, I think, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think the gist of what I said to him was, this loss is 100% on you for being a mouthy cunt before those times still on the clock. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and he did And you it. do not believe in that, really. Um, if you remember the 2011 grand final, there was still a fair bit of time left on the clock and I was calling it for you. Yeah, you were calling it. I never called it. No, no. You never called it. I never called it. And you were out me for saying, no, man, no, no. I'm like, come on. Yeah, exactly. I don't call. I don't call games until until. You got no like, confidence in your team. Well, no, I just so, don't. It's just like myself. Look, put it this way: if I, I called their premierships fucking eight weeks ago, if I believe, if if, if I it hasn't it, even happened yet. I mean, if I was into calling calling games early, I mean, I, I always know we're going to win. But like you know, like the Parramatta game, we win on the last play. You know, like but these games, of course, we're going to win. But you don't call it till it's in the you know till it's in the bank. Mickey T, nineteen eighty five, gutted for Cowboys. Well, that makes you a dickhead, Mickey T. Best team for 70 minutes. One moronic ref decision impacted the result, but Cowboys could have put it away and didn't. And no, the best team, for team list. best team for 40 minutes. Contains Robert Louie. Exactly. Deserve Blue, everything they get. Blue underscore Beaver. Truckloads of heart and a bit of luck in that one. Never write off these champions in maroon and white. And he's gone, he's put hash, ha, 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 pops. Who, of course, is a Cowboys You know, fan. I, I find it with uh, the Blue Beaver. Yep. For a long time there, I didn't realise it was a Manly fan. I just thought he was a fuckhead, and I never knew why. <laughs> now I know. Uh, ben, it's a good bloke. Tirana, 355. How the fuck did we win that? I honestly feel for the Cowboys supporters. I Bullshit. He, he, Paul, Paul bought me a run about the grand final or, or a bourbon or something, something, something in Coke something at, the, at the field. Or probably Ruth, Ruth, and Coke or something. <laughs> well, I <don't> know. <laughs> but in any case, I, I, I disagree with that tweet so much. Shanta86, I don't dislike the Cowboys, except Louie, but the ramblings of the players, coach and fans should be entertaining. Hash conspiracy tears. Oh, and that reminds me too, a Twitter account started up at Cowboys Tears and it's basically retweeting shit and it's someone who th- that knows me and you you know pretty well I don't know who the fuck it is but it's clearly like a listener of the show or someone you know that, that follows us fairly closely on Twitter love it but uh, yeah they went hard mad cow's disease poor video ref decision notwithstanding we should have given ourselves six points through shoddy kicking own worst enemies and if we had got our four points that we missed through shoddy kicking we still wouldn't want Bay BNC while the North Queensland Cowboys continue to employ the Louie they deserve every bad decision they get as Glenn said. Amen. Benny27. Yeah, the refs got the call wrong, but North Queensland Cowboys, you have a poster boy for domestic violence in your side. Hash, that's karma, cunts. 
Exactly. Look at that. You'd never agree with so many Manly tweeters in your life. That's right. Unky D. Manly have had so many games taken by the refs, it's karma. We got one back. Cowboys whining will be sensational. Hash refs' fault. Uh, Shabugan. Cry more, Thurston. Rich for Queensland at a whinge about obstruction calls. Hash short memory. Uh, Cruzy 06. I'll put this one in just because now you're caught up and you'll know what it means. Manly told the Cowboys to shut their cunt mouths and that they're taking two chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Hash Groundhog Day and finally DJ X Plane what a controversy Bureau obstructs Thompson and prevents him from racking up another missed tackle outrage Hash <laughs> Louis Carver <laughs> <laughs> the St. George Illawarra Dragons 20 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 10 the uh, scorers were for, for the Dragons uh, Jason Nightingale Michael Cooper Josh Dugan and uh, with two from three conversions and two from two penalty goals defeating the Warriors tries to Sam Tompkins and the beast Manu Vatavai and one conversion from two attempts to Sean Johnson. Pretty impressive hoodoo the Dragons have got over the Warriors at the moment. What's that, 10 in a row now? Oh, I didn't even know it was a thing until they, until they said I didn't even they know it was a thing. They made a big deal about it um, during the coverage of the game. and um, You would think if there was ever a time to break a hoodoo, it would be the week after your coach was sacked. Generally, yeah. that's can't miss. <laughs> they yeah they say that, but I mean, this, this wasn't, the, this wasn't the, the first game back. Was this the first game back or was it last week the first game back? No, this was the first one, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, I can't remember. I remember reading something saying that, you know how we like we always like, oh, you know, the bounce back thing after the coach. Yeah. Statistically, it's only like, I don't even know if it's 50%. Mm. It surprised me when I saw it. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, not sure. Interesting. Um, Josh Dugan, it is a shame that he has spent so much time on the sidelines because for him to come back in that game, like, was that his first game back? Yes. And it was kind of like a late inclusion too, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. For him to come back and just fit, you know, from a, in a key position, Yep. just fit in and just, I don't know what it is about him. He must just have, I mean, he's got that fucking herky-jerky fucking running yeah. style and, you know, when he hits the line, he's, Spin around he's and, spinning yeah. and moving and, and he's hard to get a handle on, but... Some of his cartbacks are just absolutely <laughs> fucking unstoppable. But he runs. That, that's this is another reason why. I mean, because he's, he's a skinny little bitch, and uh, unfortunately, the, the way the way he runs the ball back is like fucking kamikaze. Like, mm. like you know the way he, he runs at the line. So and obviously you know that kamikaze thing you know, gets him through the line a lot of times. You know, so it gets him hurt as well. Gets him fucking boils and stuff too. Yes. <laughs> um, if he can stay on the field for the dragons, like. As good a start to the season they had, it was without him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he fits in, you know, Witt, um, I'm not sure whether Wit is going to be there, you know, consistently. Um, but he's uh, he's a fucking great player, Dugan. And that try where they sort of created, you know, there was a little bit of a half chance and then all of a sudden second kick gets, you know, we've got a, hicker, a, a hooker, putting a fucking chip over the top, regathering yep. and another kick through. And Dugan just put himself in precisely the right spot to get the ball and yep. gave himself time to, to wait for the bounce and just seemed to have more than enough time to, to put it all together and make the try. Um, I thought the Warriors were were better in this game. The Dragons seemed to be in control for the most part. Um, and Nightingale's try as well. Yeah. Um, How about Nightingale though? 
A lot of tweets. I mean, I, I didn't put a tweet in about it, I don't think, because I, I saw too many. I couldn't attribute it to, you know, one person. But the amount of people saying, you know, he should have been given seven weeks for putting himself in a dangerous position. Yeah, it was a bit like, unfortunate in that he jumped in the air to try and avoid the defender who then, I think it was Batavai. Yeah, probably. Might have been Batavai. Um, as he's coming through at a million miles an hour, he obviously wasn't expecting him to jump. Yeah. So had the adverse effect of collecting his legs and flipping him up and he yep. just about landed on his head. Could have been ugly, but th- thankfully it turned out all right. Yeah. Um, you done? Yes. Former underscore legend. Good thinking by St. George tonight to play for an extra five minutes after the siren tonight, just in case. <laughs> uh, Warriors suck balls. This account's sensational. Incorrectly spelt, if you're looking for it, it's actually, <laughs> they only use one R. In, in, uh, it's a W-A-R-I-O-R. Warrior. Clearly a Warriors Warrior. fan. Warrior suck balls. Sean Johnson channeling benching by passing directly to the fans on attack. New Zealand Warriors need a reset. Who's next to lose a job? <laughs> Michael Darren 79. Dugan hasn't been hammered that hard since back in his Raiders day on the roof with cruisers. DJ explain. A soccer fan just thought... Well, this is, this is basically uh, obviously about the flare in the crowd going off. A soccer fan just saw the score jump to two, thought there was a double goal and got excited. You'll start a riot for a try. And this flare, you know, let's nip this flare shit in the bud real quick. Yeah. Don't want to see it. Yeah. That's something that's odd. Whoever did that needs to be punched in the face repeatedly. Soccer can keep that one. I don't don't really get it. They can keep the positive shit too. Yeah, surely there's no teams doing that shit. No, no. It's, it I, I, has I'm just no getting, relevance to I'm just, No, I'm just... I'm, it has no relevance to the fucking Western Sydney Wanderers either. I mean, it has relevance to the fucking Polish side that started that it. Started and it's it. been ripped off umpteen fucking times from clubs but it, ever you since. Know, at least it was a Polish soccer team that did it. Yeah. So yeah. soccer can have that as well. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> next up. And once again, doesn't matter who the Warriors are playing, unless it's Manly probably or the Tigers... Don't get a fucking lot of tweets and worries. Very, very poorly, poorly Kiwis. served by our audience. Kiwis. Yeah. Can't yeah. type. Yep, yeah, I guess. Or spell. Yep. Yeah. Especially Kiwi females. You think that they wouldn't get so disappointed by um by by Warriors results either? Because I mean, with New Zealand being a couple of hours in the future, you'd think that you know they'd know before everyone starts hammering about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the Sydney Roosters twenty four defeat the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks eighteen at the tip. Uh, and the points were uh, the Roosters tries to Boyd Cordner, James Maloney, and a double to two dads, who, who was brought in late to mark up on Ashford, thus fucking ruining everyone's TAB bets who put no money on Tupo for a double. And uh, Maloney, four from four conversions. Uh, Sharky tries to Ricky Lutelli, Wade Graham, and Sosia Fecky. Conversions, flash, three from three. Sharks. Sorry, I almost lost my. I started almost started reading notes for my other game. Um, Gallon was a late inclusion in this game, and uh, what a difference he makes to that side. They they made mention of it a bunch of times in the commentary, but just they just seem to grow a bit of an extra leg. Like I expect, I actually put the money put money on the Roosters to win by thirty six points or more. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that much. And as, as well as much as the Roosters haven't been going that flash, um, the Sharks certainly in recent weeks just um, hadn't impressed me at all. And I thought the Roosters would probably this was probably the perfect time for the Roosters to hit their straps and put a score on. But just the inclusion of Gallon made all the difference for the Sharkies, and they were very very competitive for the whole game. Um, yeah. Latelli's try pushed off Sunny Bill. 
just yep. could fend and Sonny Bill sort of had a bit of a stumble, couldn't get a, a proper grasp on him and away he went. Um, I think Carney, and, and this is what we spoke about as far as the Benji thing goes, like Carney just doesn't seem on the money at the moment. There's something. There's something going on. There's something going on with Carney that the story hasn't come out yet. There's a story there, but I don't know what I I, I don't know what it is. Like um, if you think about it, I heard that he got sent home from training last week or through the week, something okay. like that, for not being in in uh you know the right physical condition. Does mm-hmm. that mean he, he turned up pissed? You think it'd be a bigger story if that was the case? Sure. But some for something for some reason, he had that situation before the Manly game where he's you know dyed his hair and you know he's was, he was more concerned about that than than actually playing football. <laughs> I just I just fuck I don't know what the deal is, but he's he's starting to head towards the stage where he's going to you know set someone on fire or you know, get drunk piss on somebody, <laughs> you know the things he known he, you know was known for. Um, mentioned Gallon. I think Wade Graham was also really good, um, for the Sharks. Um, the Roosters created. It's probably a testament to the fact that Roosters are out of form at the moment, albeit they've won this game, but they probably created enough chances to win this game by 30. Um, just lack of execution. Yep. Um, which is... A, which was probably their forte last year. They you know, yep. they had a game plan. They stuck to it. Their execution was perfect. Pierce's kicking game. Um, and Maloney's work as well. Um, off the back of the work of the forwards. They just seemed to just be this... Um, Everyone was flowing with one another, and it's definitely not the case this year. They're, they're sort of sporadically putting pieces of play together, which are great, but then over 80 minutes, you look at the amount of missed chances that they create, the chances that they create that they don't capitalise on. Um, it's it's not the side that people have come to expect them to be. So, um, Still work to do for the Roosters. Mitchell Pearce said as much after the game that, you know, it's good to get the win and... It, you know they take take a bit out of it, but um, they're a long way off the mark of where they want to be. So, former underscore legend SKD owning Ashford. That's watching. They're like watching Steady Eddie outrun Stephen Hawking. <laughs> not a not a big Sean Kenny Dow fan, obviously. <laughs> Shabugan, he's he's made a big comeback this week, hasn't he? Pretty sure you could replace Carney with a bag of rice and a Cronulla jersey at this point for the exact same result. Yeah, Shane Aaron Elvis, no Gronk tweet about this game. We saw some breathtaking tries, outstanding effort from both teams. And uh, DJ explain. Pierce has thrown so many uncalled forward passes, he should have a passing meter stat. <laughs> Always the stats. He would be the man to come up with it too. Yeah. Canberra Raiders 24, defeat the Melbourne Storm 22. What a tremendous, fucking tremendous outcry at the end of this game. Raiders, their 24 came from tries to Matthew Allwood, double to Reese Robinson, and Paul Vaughan with some fucking... Old school Steve Jackson Steve shit, Jackson man. Like shit, exactly. Jared Croker, four from four. Uh, and Melbourne Storm, 22, came from tries of Ryan Hinchcliffe, Sissa Wanga, and a double to Mahe Fanua. Cameron Smith, three conversions from four attempts. Critical miss. Tell you what, some of the tries the Raiders put on, um, I mean, Paul Vaughan's aside, it was... Um, that try that was is solo stuff. One but... of the dead set best fucking tries. I mean, when you consider, if 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 Milford scored that try, you'd go fuck. That was awesome yep. footwork and shit. But then when you say it's <laughs> a prop forward. forward that did it, you're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was sensational. 
and obviously we've been sleeping on him a little bit because I hadn't really paid much attention to him. But um, there was a lot of people talking him up, saying, yeah. you know, he's this is the sort of play he's been capable of. So, okay. um, the Raiders attack Milford coming on really strong. Um, Croker got man of the match in this game, which is a fucking sad indictment on Melbourne Storm. Um, and you know what? He was still had like you, you don't know if he was happy or sad about it. No. I mean, you know, once you, again, the entire game he had tears welling in his eyes. Yeah, he's, you should just call him Misty. <laughs> really should. Something like that, yeah. Fucking hell. Crack it for a smile, mate. He's emotional. He is a very emotional kid. It's hard to pick which one it is because it doesn't matter. Happy or sad, he's just tears in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to bring up Blake Ferguson because he's a sex pest, but Convicted. consider him in this back line. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With Milford in the form that he's in, um, the for, the form that Sex Pest was in before he you know started yeah. picking chicks up like bowling balls, exactly. like Origin form. Let's face it. Um, you know, I'm sure both parties are still reeling from that. But mm-hmm. um, as far as Melbourne go, we've already mentioned that Jared Croker got man of the match. That's fucking terrible. Is this the fall of the storm? Are they just in a slump? Are they, you know, as the competition caught up and surpassed them? We're not too, too even two months in. The, the the storm have had slumps in the past. They had a they had a One slump last year. Last year, you know, post Origin. It's I, I feel really reluctant to to call the fall of the storm because it'll only mean that they start winning again and you know make a big charge again. It's bound to happen. This ring you know, once again, it's the same rugby league gods that are smiting Cowboys every week. But you have to say that this year they're not looking as good. As they have in years gone by. There's and a lot of mistakes. There's they, they seem to get rattled mm-hmm. in games as well, which is not a sign that I've... Not a, a symptom of the storm that that I've really um, experienced before or, or witnessed before. Um, probably would have seen a little bit in 40-0. Yeah. But that was... A, that, that, the funny thing, that, that, that game, I mean, the way I remember it anyway, I mean, of course, it was devastating domination. But... I don't remember the storm being like, like an atrocious side. You know, like, mm. like they they weren't like making a, like, and like, mistakes, like and fucking Benny Hill. So, you know, they were just like they threw everything, and every chance they had was mopped up or, or you know blocked or defended. And then everything that you know, and everything they did, you know, just came off. Came eventually, and eventually they started coming easier and easier, and you started getting like you know the tries, like you know the kite and you know Stephen Bell the ones that started going in under the sticks. But I don't recall the storm being like a terrible fucking side in that game. Mm. So, but credit to the Raiders. Um, a bit of a star is born in Paul Vaughan, and um, let's see if they can keep building on on performances like this. Uh, they've certainly got some exciting attack in them. They do, but they don't have any defence at all. And uh, and we and you know we really should talk about the the video referee decision uh, towards the end of the game. I don't think it was a fucking try. I don't either. And it's funny. I did, I wasn't watching the game. I wasn't streaming it live. So I saw the outcry on Twitter and I was like, oh, fucking here we go again. It's just this weekend where people want to, you know, talk shit about the referees all the time. And gee, it must be a terrible weekend for the referees. They must be making some absolute fucking howls. Then I see it. I'm like, hang on a minute. What the fuck is wrong with that decision? That's perfect. He's clearly down before the line and then knocked over. 
and then people start putting up these screen captures like of evidence that it's a try and I'm like how is that evidence of a fucking try the guy's hand's clearly under it the fucking ball is before the guy's arm's on the line and the ball's after his arm anyway how on earth is that your evidence that it was a try I mean especially if the on-field referee exactly said no try that's not the burden of anything you know it's just that's just classic ref's fault it was a classic ref's fault and, and it was probably just because of the weekend because I mean there was a couple in the Canterbury game as well where one should have been a try and and, and wasn't and you know obviously we get to games that, after this where there was you know perfectly good tries the night as well but um, we'll move to the Twitter and uh, Blue underscore Beaver the only time I'm happy for a perfect tipping round to end on Sunday afternoon is when the storm get rolled hash purple cheats in decline it's Mitchell 180 Roberts with injury. Storm lose the game by two. Coincidence? I think not. Hash Roberts haiku. Talk that that's just evidence of someone just trying to make something happen so bad this is never going to happen. And it's not in the right format. No. You fucking tell. Mitch Doyle zero eight. Just going to keep reiterating this every week. Hash Billy Slater in decline. Grub has lost it. All bar grubbiness shouldn't make origin. And look, I'm not going to go people as hard as that. that but... Yeah, some people did take umbrage for it, but I agree with it for the most part. His pace is way down. It feels like it to me anyway. He's not. His speed was enough to burn and you know, create opportunities and get through those half gaps alone. Sure. Just the speed and him just running off a nice ball, you know, turn back inside or something on the, you know, around the edges of the ruck from Cameron Smith. Ain't happening anymore. And it's amazing when a player, and I'm, I'm, I don't mean Billy Slater in particular. But players that come on to, you know, build their reputation based purely on speed. Yep. You can't sustain that. No. As you get older, you slow down. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. Um, Especially these days when players are putting on more and more muscle uh, and more and more size to try and keep up with the physical nature of the play. Yep. Um, Even at fullback. And you're going to have to have a lot more to your game than just speed. And and Billy Slater does, I think, but like you say, his his greatest attribute was his ability to turn a half chance or a half hole into a line break yeah. because you couldn't fucking touch him. Yeah. <laughs> it was just electrifying. So yeah. um, whether, you know, we, we'd probably have to judge it over the course of the season and see um, where he ends up and maybe the rep season gives him that confidence you see some plays, English is a classic example, can be having a quiet start to yeah. a season come origin period, he's untou- untouchable again. Even Thurston to an extent. Yeah, yeah, Thurston's another great example as well. Um, albeit he's probably been having great seasons and gone yeah. to another level yep. after origin. So um, I'm probably inclined to give Slater the benefit of the doubt until the end of the season and, and judge where he's at then. At Andy Kintz, these are the weeks I love the Canberra Raiders. The others... I hate this weekend league. <laughs> At Benny27. The irony of Storm fans complaining about being dudded. Hello, you cunts had two books and cheated the NRL. Hash, that's karma, cunts. Exactly. B15542. Shut up, Bellamy, you whinging cunt. You're not the only one who's had a bad call. Hash, purple cheats. Hash, ref's fault. Hash, tigers in decline. Really? Uh, speaking Still going to go with that? Speaking of tigers in decline. West Tigers, 21. Jagged an arsy victory over the Parramatta Eels, 18. On Monday... And the uh, try scorers were Blake Austin, Pat Richards, Luke Brooks, 
Brooks with a field goal. Pat Richards, three of three conversions and a uh, monster penalty goal at the death there, which sure didn't really mean much, but it would look good. It was impressive. And, uh, yeah, Parramatta Eels, they uh, they, they had a double Jared Hayne, Kensio try. Semi Radradra as well got his try. What's he against? Stutter. Yeah, who named him that? Someone. Someone, someone who who we spoke about last week. And uh, Chris Sandow, tellingly, one from four conversions. Yeah. Brought him for his kicking and uh, didn't he fucking drop the ball? Without Robbie and, and Tedesco, uh, this was a good win. I don't think it was an impressive win in the fact of there wasn't a great deal of skillful genius play. Yep. Um, we seemed like we were getting over the top of them in the forwards. Um, Sidalecki and uh, Ava when he came on. James Gabbard as well, but he got hurt not long after he came on, so it was hard to really... Um, say that he had a huge impact. Tapau, um, once those guys got real, right into the swing off the platform that Woodsy and, and Keithy, we, we were getting on top in the forwards, but we just lacked a bit of execution in our attack. Um, I think there was some, some dud kicks from Anasta. We seemed to be intent on bombing Hayne all day. I don't know why yeah. we weren't just putting it into the in goal. Not like he's ever shown a, a predisposition towards dropping bombs. No, and I don't know that there was much of a breeze to really swirl stuff yeah. around, but I, I just think unless they drop one of the first few, you got to you got to try something different. Yeah. I don't think our kicking game was great, and um, to his credit, Anasta said that you know he he and Brooks both had a bit to work on as far as their kicking games um, based on that performance. So um, I think Austin probably changed the game when he come on. Uh, Lawani was doing okay and made a lot of tackles. Um, but Austin added a real spark around the ruck when he come on and, and looked very dangerous, scored a try just before halftime. Um, but essentially, the game boiled down to, you know, two tries being gifted to us via intercepts, uh, mm-hmm. or one ball... Sp- I don't ball know what the, the fuck Jared and, yeah. Hayne was doing, um, passing the ball off his back. Yep. Not, you know, without any real direction, and Brooksy picked it up and and ran 80 metres or 70 metres and scored. The other one was a straight-out intercept where Sandow telegraphed it. It was a Jason Taylor intercept all day. My <laughs> old man would have been calling it from the fucking heavens. Um, and, and Richards just picked it off and ran the length. And then, you know, a bit of luck as far as the obstruction call goes. Um, and I'd probably have to agree with Jared Hayne in the, in the press conference where he said that it would be nice to have some cons- consistency on that rule. Mm-hmm. You know, if... If the rule is that if there's contact with the inside shoulder, then it's play on. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know that Brooksy took a dive. I think he, he actually, there was contact there, and I think he actually clipped his heels. But um, there is that gamesmanship as well. Yeah. If, if players can get, I, I just think that's dangerous. Because you look at that play, and Brooksy, if... I'm not saying he has, but if he has taken a dive there, and players have taken dives, but if he's gone to the ground there, there was still a lot of football left in that play. And he's gone to ground, not knowing whether try is definitely going to be scored. Yeah. There was still a lot of football left. Yeah. <laughs> the ball went out a fair bit wider, and then Hoppawati still had work to do. So yeah. I just think it's dangerous. You, you go to ground, and then all of a sudden the ball comes back inside, and someone's running or jumping over the top of you because you're laying on the fucking ground. 
Yeah, um, well, I mean, this is, this is I was, was going to say, this is the game where, you know, I thought Luke Brooks really stepped up. And, you know, we started to see, like, you know, if you want to draw, like, a, you know, a parallel between him and another player that, you know, like a, you know, fantastic player on the world stage, LeBron James. <laughs> Fucking flop for all money. You can talk about clicked your heels and the rest of it. There was contact. He's, you can't say there was no contact. He's clicked his heels and fucking and, and, and said there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home and proceeded to fucking dive like I don't get you, it. like like his home is in Italy. <laughs> Just and you know what? I've got no problem with play If they get away with it, fucking go for it. I mean, Mick Ennis is, is a fucking classic for, you know, for diving and shit. And, yeah, you've got the players that are known for staying down, like Burgess Grubbs. You know, they love staying down. You know, they get the slightest sniff of a high tackle. They'll stay down and, you know, pretend they've been knocked, at, knocked the fuck out. I do agree with him that this game, Brooks really came of age. I, I probably lean more towards the 78th-minute field goal that was a fucking line drive and never looked like missing. Um, but, you know, you're obviously trying to be controversial. Clutch, and get a reaction, clutch, but... clutch play, flop. That was a clutch play because, you know, at the end of the day, that's six free points. Well, let's say four because fucking Sandow, you know, who knows who's going to kick the goal. Not Having the... said that, they still scored after that play anyway. So, with the Rad Raja try. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck they're complaining about. And Eels, <laughs> not like you ever had a chance in that game anyway. Um, with Tedesco's injury, Farrah's injury, I think we've, we've probably shown that We've got a fair bit, a fair whack of depth this year, which is something we've we've sort of struggled with. Um, but I think Jimmy Gavay, his injury might be the biggest blow yet. Um, yeah, and you, and at the end of the day, you know, you play a team that doesn't give you two free tries, and you've lost the game thirteen plus. Yeah, and and we were a long way off the mark as far as our just there was no crispness to us. Yeah. Um, fucking Tapio hasn't really made a mistake all year, and he, you know he's trying to run the ball up and fucking dropping it over beyond his head and yep. um, Adam Blair's Adam Blair had four offloads in this game and that's not including the one where everyone thought the tackle was made, including Joel Luani who was waiting looking out the back for the next play and the ball's hit him in the fucking hand and then he's dropped it four <laughs> times and fallen over his feet trying to pick it up. Um, so happy to put that one into a learning learning experience. Um, you know we got gifted two points essentially, but um, we're going to have to be a lot better this week. Shunter 86, gutsy win by the Tigers. Nate might have to send remaining hash Tigers in decline shows to third world country or Campbelltown. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be welcomed in Troy underscore 79. A fantastic game. Probably the most enjoyable game of the season. Fucking relax. I thought it was very entertaining. It was entertaining, but I mean, fucking settle the fuck down. I mean, but there was, there was a lot of errors too. Yeah, yeah. Blue underscore Beaver. The hyperbole will be in hyperdrive after that hyperbole from the hype master himself, G. Blakely. Don't really know what to say to that, but thank you. It would, be, it would be funny to see you read that tweet out. <laughs> would have just said hyperbole the whole time. Annie O'Brien, isn't it fitting that the Tigers are cementing their resurrection at Easter? Hashtag is reborn. Isn't it, it fitting? I haven't seen that movie either. Isn't it fitting that an atheist would invoke Jesus Christ in a tweet to the show about the Tigers game. <laughs> it's clear that since she's been listening to me, she's she's starting to think, maybe there is a God. Uh, at GJMC... So it's, it's Greg McDonough. So GJ McDonough. So M-C-D-O-N-A. Just... What was it? Was the whole Twitter handle or was it unavailable? I mean, it's... Come on, son. Well, Para, if you live by the Sandow, you die by the Sandow. Ash, rocks or diamonds. True. I saw someone tweet, and I'd love to give them credit, but I can't remember who it was, saying that 
and and it's classic rocks and diamonds, but it's literally for every good thing he does, he does something dud. Yep, yep. Or for the good had game, some, it's he had some great banger. plays, and and he could have had a lot more. There was a couple of tackles. I remember one straight up the guts where I thought he was through for all money, and I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. Um, and Sidalecki's pulled him down by his bootlaces, like last gasp. Yep. And in a perfect tackle. Um, but he did, he did some really good things, but then he made some fucking horrible errors too. Mm-hmm. So kicked a 40-20 and then, you know, through the intercept. And then... If he had kicked his goals, there would have been, you know, if... Yeah. I mean, you can say that, oh, you know, the, the, the six points they blew there, they would have given a three-point win. But no, that's not the case at all. I mean, the six points that they missed out there means that, you know, the field goal never would have been attempted. And, you know, like it changes the whole complexion of the game and they would have, you know, probably... You know, another one, another one goal put him in a position where the field goal wasn't in play. So, you know, just it's, it's amazing how important it is and how badly you can fuck up when you don't, you're not having the most difficult attempts in the world either. Tiger underscore Benji, you know the inevitable para fans turn on Sandow is coming, but it hits so swift and hard it still takes you by surprise. And fuck, it was vicious. By Paraman MK2, the next tweeter. He's got a special place in his heart for, for Sandow. That although the obstruction no try was bullshit, it didn't cost us a game. We did that to ourselves, gifting them two tries. Hash, fuck Sandow. And finally, the Penrith Panthers 14 defeat the Gold Coast Titans 12 out there at Penrith in front of a crowd of less than 10,000 again. And the Penrith Panthers tries came to Dean Farre and Matt Moylan soured two conversions and a penalty goal. The Titans tries to Ryan James, Aiden Caesar and conversions go to two from two to Aiden Caesar. I think the Titans bubbles burst. Yeah. Um, they were asking victories, jagging them in the truest sense of the word. That's right. And they've, you know, they've had their asses handed to them once already this season by the Tigers and it's about to happen again. Um, their halves are pretty exciting. I think Caesar is probably the more the, the percentage play sort of guy, but he's also, um, when he runs the ball, I think he, he's an even better player. Um, and when you put those two guys operating behind such an impressive forward pack, I think you'd expect their attack to be a lot better than what it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they really pose too many problems. Look, Especially, to, like, the Panthers haven't shown themselves to be a defensive fucking powerhouse. No, no. This The, the Titans, I, I honestly, I rate them almost less than any other team in the competition at this point. Right. But they actually spent time on the top. Mm. It's absolutely it's fucking year. mystifying to me. I think this was Idris's best game in about three seasons. I haven't seen him play like that yeah. since he left the door. And, you know, it's, it's the, the player going up against the old club, you know, mm. the motivation's all there. He had some uh, some good runs where it didn't look like he was ever going to get pulled down. Um, I noticed some pe- Moylan made that mistake towards the end, and there was a fair bit of vitriol uh, directed towards Matt Moylan on Twitter. Um, it, it's like Penrith fans aren't really sold on him as as their fullback. Yeah, oh, the, I think yeah, he's, yeah. I think he, for a young kid, I think he's killing it. Yep. What are they got? I mean, I'd I like don't, to I don't Penrith nerds. Yeah, I'd like to hear from Penrith nerds too. But the problem with the Penrith nerds is you're not going to get the 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 uh, like the real, you know, uncensored opinion because they're also as well. In addition to being Penrith nerds, they're also Penrith patriots, where they just take yeah. everything you know from Gus and you know, say thank you, sir. Yeah, may I have another. 
They are chocolate starfish soldiers. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know whether he's a polarising figure in the club. He's, he's a young kid. He seems to have a good temperament. He's, he's certainly very skillful. He's still applying, you know, learning his trade as far as a fullback goes. Probably the, one of the hardest positions on the field. From the outside looking in. Yeah. Looks a bit good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd be interested to know exactly what people's spot. I mean, that was a pretty... Yes, he tried to bat it back. He probably should have caught it, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, and ran it dead or tried to get out. But um, it's hard to hate on him too much for that. No. That's a young kid's error. Exactly. All right. Shunter 86, speaking to Penrith nerds. Crowd tonight, 9555. Thank you all. Well, this actually is a quote. The crowd tonight, 9555. Thank you all for your attendance. Please bring 5,000 more with you next time. The Penrith ground announcer. Wow. I wonder if, that, if that's legit. Mup 23. Teams the Titans would have beaten this week in alphabetical order. Newcastle. That is all. <laughs> the Ben Z. Scoring 12 points and never leading. That's the Titans we know and love. Hash. Shitans. Hash. Worst tourist attraction in Queensland. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I dare say they wouldn't need to qualify as an attraction. Exactly. Previews kicking off at 4pm on Friday. Of course, it's the Anzac Day traditional clash between the Dragons and the Roosters. This is always a pretty enthralling sort of game, regardless of how the two teams might be going at this particular point of the season. So um, I expect no difference in, in, in this game. Although you'd have to say, based on their last starts, the Dragons were probably the more impressive performers. Um I still keep expecting the Roosters to hit their straps. Yeah. Whether the emotion in this game gets the best out of them, um, and they they really show up and, and put one of their one of the performances that we know they can put together um, against the Dragons remains to be seen. Just have a hard time tipping the Dragons. Uh, this is, it's it's a tough one because I mean you you know you think how the teams are going this season. You know they've reached parity. Yeah. But. You know, Dugan was sensational. The Roosters somewhat, you know, got a little bit better than they have been going and have they sort of turned the corner, so to speak? Or was that the first, you know, small step towards, you know, being a competitive football side again? <sighs> I really, I'm really struggling to tip this one. I would I imagine on the TAB is... that, you know, that the, the Roosters would be the favourites but on the odds, but... I, I, I'm honestly struggling with it. I'll probably yeah. go the Roosters, I think. I'll probably lean towards the Roosters, but not by very much. I think it'll be a very tight game. Yeah. Melbourne Storm take on the New Zealand Warriors at Amy Park. This one, well. Warriors travelling is never a good thing. Warriors down at Amy, though. Final success numerous times. True. A wonderful club as far as records down there go. They've probably got the best. They've probably got the best record of any club there except the Storm. <laughs> Tigers. Uh, sorry, Warriors, atrocious. Storm, not looking great at the they're moment not either. They're not, they're not well the Storm either. they were. However, it is at their, you know, quote, unquote, fortress. I'm going to tip the Warriors only because of the lols for a Storm loss. That would be hilarious. However, I think that the Storm will win. George Rose in the 17, so it looks like he might get a game too. Jeez. Lost his homesickness somewhat. <laughs> Brisbane Broncos versus South Sydney Rabbitohs, Suncorp Stadium, Blockbuster. 
keep tipping against the Broncos and they keep winning. Yep, and I'm going to keep tipping against them, Souths. I agree. I saw enough out of South <laughs> that I think if they had a fresh rotation in their bench, they would have just had enough to get back, you know, get over the top of the dogs. And uh, as it turns out, yeah, this time, I think they'll be good to go. I think the Broncos struggled with Jared Hayne and, and they struggled to contain Paris forwards, if I could use that as an example. Um, Paris forwards really rolled through them um, and then Hayne operating off the back of that looked very dangerous. And when you... You look at South forwards, they're every, every chance of rolling through the Broncos as well, and then you've got Inglis operating off the back of that, and I think that'll be a good catalyst for a Rabbitohs win. Yep, agree. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks take on the Penrith Panthers out there at the tip. Sharks were a lot better last week. Panthers got a good win. Um, you would think the Panthers would be fairly well supported out there. Uh although probably not a huge crowd. Probably lean towards the Sharks because they're at home. Yeah, this is another one of these games that's kind of difficult to choose this week. I mean, because Penrith, yeah, they won. They just jagged one just, just over the Titans. The, you know, they're highly touted as the big improver, you know, one of the big improvers of the competition leading up to this season. They've only partially filled that promise, I think. Sure. Fulfilled that promise. The Sharks have been fucking atrocious. Deserved last place team on the ladder. Uh, the drugs, the drugs don't work. And uh, actually, I've just remembered my soft spot for Penrith. I'm going to have to change my tip and <laughs> pick the Panthers. I, I think the Panthers win just because I, I still don't think that the the the, the Sharks are, are in it mentally. And this week, I'll be you know who's going to line up against Ashford. That's the that's the main question I have because I need to sort out my first try so try scorer bets. That'll be uh, Idris, wouldn't it? Fuck if it's Idris, I will put money on him getting a double. Easily two plus tries. Vare scored a try on the right. Yeah, and then Ashford is on, on on their right, so the left. Yeah, well there you go. Can you you, you think you think that Ashford can stop Idris? Fucking way, he'll miss him every time he tries to have a go. And that means that yeah, Penrith have got some tries in him. Okay, and the uh, North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Parramatta Eels. Are there at 1,300 teeth? I think the Eels went okay. Um, last week, the Cowboys were dudded. They're back at home. Probably gives them the impetus to, to put a bit of a better performance together. But they haven't really been that convincing this year. The Cowboys have been fairly sporadic. The Eels have been the more consistent side. And um, I, I don't think the, towns, the Cowboys in Townsville are a really intimidating proposition. I think Parra can, um, can get on get on top of them in the forwards um, and get f- fucking Manu Mao running at Ray Thompson. I'd much prefer to see him running at Robert Louis. That now has a hard edge to his play. That only prison can that provide. That only prison can provide. Like, you, you can't fake that shit. You drop enough soap in your lifetime, it hardens you up, pardon the pun. <laughs> now, I, I disagree. I'm going to tip the Cowboys. The reason is I thought it was the best game of the season that they played last week. I mean, they were very good in, in many aspects. The aspects they weren't so good in was defending their right side. They've dropped that reason... Ray Ray was has been groomed to be the halfback for the Cowboys for a very long time, and now that that kind of took a bit of a, de, a, a detour. 
uh, you know, or a bit of it was a bit of a hiatus there when they that, with the Robert Louis experiment. They've decided that the calm is too much to handle. Ray Ray will be playing in the halfback to Thurston, giving him a crack at the position that he was, you know, basically, you know, groomed to play. And uh, Glenn Hall in the 18 as well, so they keep him off the field, minimises mistakes and, uh, you know, ramps up the energy level of the side. I can't see the Cowboys losing. I'm going to tip the Eels and Jared Hayne to get me out of the match. Canterbury, Bankstown and Bulldogs take on the Newcastle Knights. At ANZ. The Knights showed nothing last week. Yeah, dogs easy. Um, they're away from home, so they don't even have that to save them. Uh, I think the Dogs will win this one very, very handily. By a field goal. <laughs> the mighty Manly Sea Eagles take on the Canberra Raiders at Brookvale Oval. Uh, changes this week, uh, foreign injured. But Daly Cherry Evans is back. Jamie Lyon will settle into his premiership winning position of 5-8. And uh, otherwise, it's just an incredible, dominant-looking side. <laughs> Fucking hell, you talk some shit. Um, can't see the Raiders away from home winning this one. Uh, as much as I'm loathe to tip the Seagulls, I don't really have any other choice. Uh, I think they'll beat the Raiders by at least 8 to 10 points. 48 points to 3. Wow. It's going to be 2 all into the last 10 minutes, and then the Raiders will get a field goal, lead 3 2, and then Manly will just pile on 8 tries. <laughs> wow. Stranger, stranger things have happened. No, no. I've never seen anything stranger than that. Oh, West Tigers take on the Gold Coast Titans at Leichhardt. If you remember back to um, a few weeks ago when the West Tigers played the Gold Coast Titans, um, they gave them a footballing lesson. Pissed all over them. Exactly. The Titans... Like they were R. Kelly took on a underage lot, teenage girl. Took a lot out of that and uh, and went on a bit of a winning streak and, and even led the competition, which is really cute. Uh, but now, they're about to meet their makers again. And uh, look, I, I don't think the Tigers will play anywhere near as poorly as they did um, last week where they beat a better side than what the Titans are. And uh, I hate to say it, Titans fans, I know there's only a couple of you, but uh, can't see you getting within 30 points of the West Tigers. Yeah, Titans are awful. I've mentioned I've mentioned several times in every every sentence I've uttered in this episode how, how much I don't rate them, so I'd be crazy not to tip the Tigers. And just in case you're not convinced, this game's at Leichhardt Oval. Fucking give me a break. Yeah, the Tigers actually have fans turning up to this one. That is full time for episode 151. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. And of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button, share shit around as we put it up, and uh, help spread the word to all the good people. iTunes got a new review this week from someone by the name of Roller Dude, R O L A D U D E. Great podcast about NRL five stars. If you're looking for serious discussion on NRL without spin, this is it. Can be lengthy, but the boys have done a good job of podcast design. The format is almost ideal, and they do consider feedback from their listeners about the structure of the content. They also build a great community of followers on social media and take the time to involve the audience via these channels. After two years of listening to these guys, I'm even starting to respect Manly. Even cheered them in the finals last year. Probably not enough of the furry cobra. Not for playing on those long car trips with the kids in the back seat. Tried that. It's not really a great idea. Fucking sensational. One episode, kids were expelled from school. Yeah. Uh, Tipping. 
Gazawonga retains the top place on the ladder, although he's joined by Shane and Elvis at the top on 36. One point behind, we have a logjam of Kylie M, Lemon and Whitey. And a further point back, we have the Real Jedi, Melon and Three Card Magic Trick. What is this? We've got a Lemon and a Melon. And uh, then rounding out the top 10, we have the Unique 180 and NZ Tiger has dropped back this week to 10th place. Uh, Fantasy. New leader on our group, Southside Clackers. Cruzy is in front by three points over myself. And uh, then back uh, a couple hundred to the Dingbats, CJs, Spooner SC, Burke's Eagles, Winter is Crowding, Butts Badgers, the Wendells, and the Mighty Doggies. And shout out to CJs. They, uh, I believe, they, they got 1,345 points this round, which uh, was, I think, third in all Supercoach for the week. So, uh, you know, I've done that this season too, but, you know, whatever. Still nice achievement, I guess. <laughs> I guess you're proud of yourself. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> And we're still clearing out the old Revelation shirts. Still got Tigers and Decline shirts going as well. And, of course, the memberships. Still memberships available across all sizes that we offered as well, including up to 5XL. Now, I believe on the site, I'm not sure if we did the 5XL thing as, uh, as something people get, but there are additional ones coming. But we've got everything from 5XL all the way down to extra small. So no matter what your size, you uh, will have a membership package that's right for you. And if you want to order extra small, eat a fucking pie. Extra small. I'd love to see how small they come out. Might be good to like, yeah. I'd like warmer. to meet someone that orders an extra small shirt just so I could buy them a pie. Yeah, because we have, we have sold a couple of extra smalls, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a couple of extra oh, smalls in shout there. Shout out to the POWs listening. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Guantanamo Hogan. <laughs> you can probably fit an extra small. <laughs> but that's it. That's all we've got time for this week. So, uh... Another glorious West Tigers victory against the odds without key personnel. Enjoy your Anzac Day weekend. Yes. No two up for me this year. There's a bit of a uh, gala day down at the uh, Springfield Panthers Club. Yeah. And uh, be partaking in a bit of that. So you've been blind fucked off your face by 8am is not an option this year. No, no, it's never that early. It's never that early. Generally, we start at 12 and by 1 I'm, I'm... I'm on the way. <laughs> but I will be at the Broncos game, and um, given that I've been off, I will have been off work all day, and as I have been for the last few weeks, with the arrival of our new addition, um, I might get down there a little bit early and have a few beverages. There you go. So that's it. So if you're at the game, hit me up. You never know your luck. You can buy me a bourbon or two. That's how it works. That's, that's generally that's how I roll. Price of admission. Well, I mean, we'll give them free entertainment. I mean, the least they can do is buy me drinks. Yeah, Fuck. It's all right. You don't have to put a hard sell. The, the, the listeners, they just, they do it. Really? Yeah. DJ explained it. They love it. They love it. Do you know he even bought Troy a bourbon? Like, I was like, yeah. you don't have to buy this. Ring in a fucking bourbon. Let him get his... No, no, no. He's a nice bloke. No, he's a good bloke. He is a good I'll bloke, Because eh? I've hammered him mercilessly <laughs> over the years. <laughs> All good, all good. So that's it. We've crapped on a lot, uh, crapped on long enough. Yes, we have. So we'll, uh, yeah, talk to you guys next week. See you next week. <laughs>